This is an emergency broadcast from Radio Free Istvan. All Imperial forces, stay away from Istvan 5. The fort flooding in of a massacre on the Black Sands. Horus has revealed his hand and gathered yet more traitorous Primarchs to his side. Ferris Manus is dead. Vulcan and Korax are missing. Stay safe, brothers, and stay away from the Istvan system. The Emperor protects. What's going on, Radio Freest Van listeners, and welcome to episode 83 of the Radio Freest Van podcast, a Horse Heresy 30K podcast. My name is Michael, and I got my co-host Derek here. Go say what's going on, Derek. Like a bad virus, I keep coming back. Also, <laughs> sorry I've been gone. I had a bad virus. <laughs> we also have Scott. Go and say what's going on, Scott. Merry Christmas, you filthy animals. <laughs> and of course, the powerful Ryan Kimmel. Go and say what's going on, Ryan. Hi, everybody. And I wish you could all see Ryan Kimmel's powerful, powerful haircut he got there, as well as his beautiful, beautiful Santar sweater. Very, <laughs> very festive right now. I feel underdressed for this whole cast we're having right now, but it's okay. Usually they are. Okay. <laughs> Not underdressed enough, in my opinion. <laughs> so, welcome to Radio Freest Fan, guys. We have a fantastic episode for you. And, uh, you know, I don't always just say that. If you go back and listen, I don't always say that we're having a fantastic episode. Only when I know we have solid fucking content coming up. And this is just one of those special occasions where we do. So, what are you in for? So, we got to our normal intro hobby progress that we're going to go over, like we do every episode. Uh, then we're going to talk about a Toys for Tots charity auction we have coming up. That we want to go ahead and push on you guys. Uh, then we have some Heresy Camp details. Talk about some of those five-day passes. Then we're going to go over some survey results for the most recent Horus Heresy survey that we launched. And then we're going to go into some voicemails and emails. And in both of those, we have ridiculous stories, ridiculous voicemails. Like, we have a whole bunch of stuff. Some of the stuff from last episode that we couldn't finish because we had the white scars we were talking about. We're going to go ahead and listen to them and play them this episode. Uh, and then we have some lists we're going to go over. So we also have to correct one little small thing on the white scar episode. Kind of, it's kind of a correction. Not really, not really our fault, but we need to talk about it. You want to talk about it right now? Just while everybody's listening. We can. It only takes a second. Let's do it. One second. Uh, get your, get your book. Okay. And this is, re- this is involving the, the odd, uh, swift action. Swift the odd wording that we, nobody understood. Yeah, understand. Like I talked to three different white scar players, and they all told me it worked a different way. Okay, so for the so for okay. swift action, the rule specifically says for white scars on any turn in which a unit with this special rule ends its movement phase at least six inches or twelve inches if the unit is a vehicle or of the bike or jet bike type. From the point where it began the phase, in the movement phase and or assault phase, it gains the following benefits until the beginning of its controller's player's next turn. It gets to re-roll failed to wound rolls of a 1 with all attacks and gain a cover save of a 6-plus or improved existing cover cover save by 1-plus by plus 1 to a maximum of 3-plus. Okay. What do you think about that, Scott? (laughs) 
The the thing that confuses me about that is it says and or assault phase, movement and or assault phase in 12 inches. So does that mean I have to move over, I have to move it 12 inches if I'm a jet bike in a combination of those two phases or in just one of those phases? Well, see, that's or, the thing. There's a comma in there. So the movement thing is it basically it says you have to move that in the movement phase. And I'm with you. I thought that it was talking about moving in the... I thought that it was saying you have to move in the movement or assault phase, and if you do that, then you get these benefits. But I guess that's not what it's saying. Because if you move that, right. then in the assault phase and the movement phase, you get these benefits. So you only get the benefits in the movement and assault phase. But oh god, no, it, it says. Nothing, but but sure. it also says you gain you keep the benefits until the beginning of your next your next turn. But it but it also says you only get them in the assault phase and the movement phase because there's a comma in between whatever. Oh yeah, in the movement phase and oh, there's a comma missing. It seems like on any turn in which okay, so let's let, let's break this down. On any turn in which a unit with this special rule ends uh. the movement phase at least six inches from the point where it began the phase, in the movement phase and or yep. assault phase. It gains the following benefits until the beginning of its controlling player's next turn. So it only gets to use those benefits in the movement phase and assault phase? That's the way people are telling me. Okay. Person. So one so my <clears throat> buddy Nick, who plays White Scars, listened to the episode and he was like, You guys talked about that all wrong. And I'm like, Okay, well enlighten me. So he was trying to explain it. And I'm like, Well, that doesn't make any sense because it says you get them until the next turn. He goes like, yeah, you do get them until the next turn, but they only work in the assault movement phase. And I'm like, well, who's assault movement phase? Because if it's turn and then your opponent's turn and then your following turn, like at what point, like do you get it in your assault phase and their assault phase? And what? And he's like, I don't know, man. It just says this. And but I'm like, when, also, when why would you does it ever use a cover save in the movement or assault phase though? So you use it in the movement phase in um, against Interceptor. Okay. it in the assault phase against Overwatch. Yeah. So, but in the shooting phase of, of course, in your shooting phase, it wouldn't matter. But in the enemy shooting phase, you would not get plus one to your cover for moving swift. That doesn't make sense. It doesn't, but that's the way it's currently worded because of where the commas are at, I guess. All right, cool. Thank you. No, no, I'm not saying that. Like, that's the thing is, it's. it's <laughs> no, I, I hear you. It's, it's super fucking confusing. Because the other thing, it also says if you're a vehicle, like it mentions vehicles, like if you're a vehicle, you have to move 12. And it's like, but this is the Legion of Stardes rule, and there's not a vehicle in the game that has Legion of Stardes. No. So. Yeah. In the movement or self phase, it gains the following benefits until the beginning of the. Burp. Okay. Cool. All right. All right. That's how it works. That's how it I'm works. just saying, I'm, I'm telling people that it's super fucked up. So depending on how you interpret it, if you go back and listen to our White Scar episode, we were like, if you, you know, you could do this or do that and get these rerolls, depending on how you interpret it, some of that advice doesn't work. Yeah. So it sounds but like... But I, I don't really feel like, I don't really feel like that's our fault. Like, I'm not going to record like a mistake or so, because like we fucked up the Iron Warriors. This isn't something we fucked up so fucked nobody understands how it works and once i found out once nick talked to me about it i went to carlos on the 
uh, patron chat and was like, hey, man, go listen to this on this episode. And me and him together couldn't figure it out. And then I called somebody else and talked to them that plays White Scars, and they had a different solution. So I talked to the three White Scar players I know, and they all three play it different. I think I think I just play that where like you do not get to re-roll your wounds for shooting. That seems like the only. Well, here's like... what it. Okay, okay. So this isn't. This isn't. I guess if Forge World is listening, which they're probably not. And they want to take my advice, which they probably won't. Listen up, Forge World. Say, <laughs> <laughs> if they want it to function like it does now, but but be fucking worded clearly, it should say, anytime that a, an enemy makes snapshots at a White Scar model, any cover save they would be getting from those snapshots. So that, because that would cover you on Overwatch... And intercept. So if somebody's making snapshots at you, it means you've like surprised them and you're moving swift. So you could just say any snapshots taken at your white scar models add plus one to your cover save or give you a six plus cover save or add plus one to existing cover save. And then they should just on any turn in which they charge, they get to re-roll ones to have a roll to wound in close combat on any turn in which they charge. And it would be fixed and you could get rid of that giant fucking alphabet soup of words that no one understands and it would do practically the same thing write that down Andy <laughs> I know you're listening right now. Andy plays fucking white scars so maybe somebody needs to get a hold of Andy and is like hey Andy I know you play white scars do you understand how this rule works because no one else in the world I didn't know Andy plays does. white scars yeah that'd be perfect I, if somebody could just get a hold of him and I just ask him how he plays it yeah, just message him and go, what the fuck, man? What this like? Have you read this swift action? And if you've read it, did it give you an aneurysm? Like, what? <laughs> like, how do you? I didn't get that, to be honest. I mean, I've been playing 18 years and I didn't understand that rule at all. But it's like, I don't know. I guess if I encounter that, I'll just going to have to be like, hey, if you've done this, let's do it that way. I guess. I don't yeah, know. I mean, it's a very minuscule benefit anyway. Like, the way we interpreted it, which is it's like you just get it. Like for one, it's hard to get physically move your. You have to draw a line from where your model begins to where your model ends, and it has to essentially move its maximum movement. So if you're going over any difficult terrain or anything like that, that can stop you. If your opponent's models are too close, it can stop you. Can interfere with that actually happening. And then all you're getting is. Some like you're getting plus one to a fucking cover save to a maximum of three up. It's not like the odds of you being in ruins and then rolling a six on your difficult terrain to actually move your max distance to then get the bonus. It, it's that's pretty fucking rare. And then if you're a bike in a white scar army where you ignore dangerous terrain, when you jink, you get a three up anyway because you're white scars and have skilled rider, so it doesn't do you any good and then somebody else pointed something else that's weird about white scars it says all white scars have skilled rider so that means their dudes on foot have skilled rider <laughs> why not yes. which doesn't sound which doesn't sound to fuck because they don't jink but part of skilled rider is you ignore dangerous terrain so does that mean your foot guys just like you know run through lava like run on top of lava because they, they're, they're into parkour yeah dude <laughs> i mean so it makes I, sense That'd be badass. I'm, I'm, I'm for it. I'm down for that. 
So anyway, that that needs some obvious cleaning up. So anyway, I just wanted to put that out there. Um, it wasn't. I don't really feel like we fucked that up. I feel like that's a wording issue that's not really our fault. I just every time somebody like points this stuff out to us and it comes up in like episodes like this, it makes me feel really good because like that means enough people are listening to us that like they can like point out these like minute things. It's like, Hey, did you know this? And it's like, Holy fuck. No, I didn't know that. But the fact that that exists, well, it needs my, to come up. My buddy, my buddy, Nick knows the rules better than anybody I know. So, I mean, and he just recently started listening to the show. So I'll thank, thank you, Nick for listening for one and two for pointing that out. So Nick's going to keep us honest. He knows the fucking, I, I mean, I know the rules pretty good, but Nick fucking like has that shit downloaded he, he in his just head. Recently started listening. Hey, Fuck you, Nick. We're friends. Why aren't you listening to our show? <laughs> Little nerd. What the fuck? Let me butter in his ass. You beat down the bastard. You should have listened all along. So good on you, Nick. I'm proud of you. I'm pretty sure we have more of these conversations coming with you on the ball. And sort of. I'm 100% okay with that. Just he said he really liked our Night, Night Lords list because he, he plays Night Lords too. So the Night Lord list we did on the whatever, he gave us props for that. He rated that pretty high. So nice. that's good. Just got to keep him happy, man. Just got to keep feeding him them Night Lords. We'll be all right. <laughs> keep Nick happy. He doesn't fucking know Nick, does he, Scott? He's the whiniest motherfucker I've ever heard. He's been happy five minutes total in his entire life. <laughs> Very dead inside, that guy. Just gonna have to keep keep sending him swag, man. Just keep <laughs> just keep sending him fun stuff. This is a box of kittens. What the fuck? All right. He's a cat person. Oh, how did I know? <laughs> how did I know? So anyway, all right. I'm glad we touched base on that before the episode. And now all of our new White Scars listeners who were hating us because we got everything wrong, well. We'll know that. Well, that's a th- no one told us <laughs> except Nick. Yeah, nobody's like. I'm pretty sure a bunch of White Scars players were like. So, I'm pretty so sure that like, the four people like, who play White Scars are like, God damn it! <laughs> I thought I had this all figured out. I think like 1,500 people or something listened to that episode, and then Nick is the only one that pointed out that we fucked something up. So, <laughs> I'm pretty sure the people who put us on, you know, four times speed were like, okay, whatever, whatever, swift action, sure. Okay, whatever. <laughs> okay, so let's jump into some and intro. While I'm flopping problem. around upstairs, <laughs> dude. Yeah, I, well, nope. I couldn't, but now I can. So let's go into some normal intro and hobby progress. Let's start with you, Derek. I'm right. really interested to see and hear why you've been ignoring us for so long. All right. So as many as you, as many of you know, I uh, I work retail, and this is the single busiest time of year. For anybody who works retail. Prove it. Uh, so I had three holiday events in the past, I think, four weekends. And I've got another one coming up this next weekend. Uh, just sales events. And also, to make that more fun for me personally, about two and a half weeks ago, I got whatever fucking bug I'm stuck with now. You might think to yourself, Derek, you sound kind of funny. I don't remember you sounding this like shitty. Uh, it's because one, I'm kind of sick. And two, I've got a mouthful of cough drops. And... Uh, <laughs> Just trying not to spew germs into this microphone as a you know cur- professional courtesy. So that's where I've been. Uh, as far as my hobby progress, I've been in a pretty big hole. Just 
working and being sick. But uh, I did listen to Ryan tear my asshole open about starting a new project. So to commemorate that tirade, I decided I was actually going to start another project. I, uh, I'm going <laughs> to use those uh, Gene Stealer Colts bodies. I like that I get blamed and Scott fucking dogpiled. Why can't we blame yeah. it on Scott? He acted on. Well, okay. I'm cool with Scott doing it because that was actually kind of funny. Kind of funny. But, uh, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> But yeah, so I'm using the Gene Stealer Colts. Like every time I I bring anything up, the fucking internet gets mad and it starts <laughs> fucking thing. Well, no, I was gonna use a Gene Stealer Colt, combine it with some Mad Robot. They had some like nice Arbites models, I think. Yes, or, they did. Uh, Space Police. Yes, they did. And I'll put little beardy heads on them, and yep. they're gonna be the Hobby Police. And their uh, their company banner, it's gonna be the the cartoon Ryan head from the Just the Tips videos, and it's gonna say "Stay in your fucking lane." <laughs> there you go. So you're going to make Hobby Police? I'm not even be- worried that that kind of makes fun of me because at your rate, it'll never get done. I don't have to worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> Will this be painted, these guys? Yeah. Like <laughs> then if it gets done, it's just going to get left in a parking lot somewhere. So not really worried about it. Fire okay. out there. Okay, that, that kind of hurts. That, that, that's, still, that's still pretty tender. <laughs> that, that, that's the part I'm kind of salty about is you bring it up. Oh, well, he's just going to leave me in a fucking parking lot somewhere. Then I guess I have to find something else to worry about, work, work on. <laughs> Jesus, we're that, killing Michael. So, I can uh, see Michael. <laughs> <laughs> this is getting this is getting terrible. <laughs> Poor sick Derek. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That that's where the went, salt's coming from. My, but uh, I went to my family Christmas today, and I immediately walk into my mother and father-in-law screaming at each other in the kitchen. <laughs> it was pretty funny. So that lets you know where Ryan's at right now, mentally, <laughs> ready for that clap back. Real quick, he's yeah, on point yeah, with that. He didn't let me down. I, I knew he was going to come back with something, but uh, but yeah. So I actually picked up some uh, some stencils from Fallout Hobbies. They uh, they put out some Celtic Knotwork stencils, exactly like the kind I've been trying to finagle with some friends. So yeah, that project is no longer something I've got to do. Now I just got to get my airbrush worked out somewhere at my parents' place and. I'll be good to go. Was it Sam in the Patreon chat that was giving you? No, it was Eric, right? Eric yeah, was the one who was giving you. I think so. Yeah. I'm not sure. I was all doped up on medicine at that point. Yeah. Ryan, have you used any stencils? Did any of your classes take advantage of the world of Fallout Hobby stencils? Nope. Um, uh, Rick, the guy that plays Alpha Legion that just went down there to play with you guys in Texas that's in our game club up here. Pier- yep. Uh, um, brought me some and left me some to use, but I've not got a chance to use them yet. I'm gonna try them on my uh, terrain. Those uh, that what are the Armageddon terrain shit, like the big cylinders and shit. Yeah, I'm yeah. gonna paint like stencil numbers and shit on the side instead of decal on those. Nice. So that's where I'm gonna try them. Yeah, I uh, I have some of the checkered stencils from Hot Fallout Hobbies, and I, I want to say Eric was the one who actually uh, recommended them for for the dark angels for the for the raven wing and i mean they're they're really nice because they're reusable they're vinyl um the only thing is like get knowing when to peel them off i think i kind of haven't gotten that down yet because i tried it on one of the raven wing bikes i have and it kind of made like each little like i've looked at at his checkers and they're like crisp man they're like beautiful squares and like they're really nice but my checkers look all blotchy and blobby. 
And so I think I'm hmm. peeling it off. What too about fast. transfers? Do they do they make transfers that you could do that with instead of trying to airbrush stencil? Uh, I haven't seen any airbrush any any Dark Angels transfers I for checkers. Try to find try to find some uh, transfer sheet. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure Orc's 40k Orc transfer sheet has checkers on it, as does the generic Space Marine vehicle decal sheet. That's the way to go. Has checkers. Yeah, I guess they I... have white, white and red, and white and black. Hmm. I guess I have to look at them. I didn't even consider because I was just looking up Dark Angels transfers, expecting to see some. This is a while back, expecting to see some, uh, uh, some checkers, but no, there was none on there. But after trying to get suggestions for what to use everyone's telling me fallout but i think i would rather Give use transfers so yeah so yeah. anyway yeah i would like or, oh or so those are see all the check maybe that's where all these people are getting their hot ass fucking dark angel transfers yeah it looks like it so there's that's the move man do it that way that is gonna look way better than doing it with the fucking airbrush stencil those on there are straight, and some of them get bigger as they go. They, like, step down. See those? They step down. And then those strips there are Those straight. are the ones. Those are the strips I need right there. Okay. Yeah. I'll pick up some of those off of eBay. And these, there's some different ones, different sizes. There's red and white, white and black. What the fuck? Like, where did all these come from? These are all orc, orc transfers? Those are, those are orc transfers. There's vehicle and infantry. Then, I want to say... Where's the Marines? Here's Marines. By the way, <laughs> do you think I own a few Marine yeah. decal sheets? Yeah, that's a lot of decal sheets. It's, it's like a, a two, book. A two inch big stack. And these are these are going all the way back to like second edition. By the way, brag about it. Um, so I'm anyway, gonna... yeah, I'm not so much worried about it coming out. Uh, like blotchy and not too crisp. Cause I was thinking about just doing it kind of faint cause on all the like artwork you see in Prospero of the space wolf stuff, it does have that Celtic knots, but it's not like super crisp and like super high contrast. And it's, it's all kind of close to the same color anyway. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It, it just, it's real faint. Yeah. Almost it's like old and faded. Hmm. I wonder what dude is making all the knot work on all that shit. I don't know, but props to him. looks fucking good. Way better than I'm going to be able to make it look. That's Check it show. out. Lim- limited edition Space Wolf decals. <laughs> decals. Those are some good looking decals, I tell you what. Do you need some of these, Derek? I have two sheets of them. I mean, if you send them to me, I'll figure out some way to use them. But Hey, Derek, while we got you here and while we're these talking. These are the standard 40K ones. You, oh, yeah, I got plenty of those. You probably have those, don't you? Hell yeah. You like three of those per Battle Force box? Something like that, yeah. And you've gone through a pretty massive amount of battle. I have a special bars. edition Raven Guard one too. You can't see it because they're fucking white, but <laughs> there's a bunch of cool Raven Guard shit on there. Dope. So Derek, while well, well, we got you here, yeah. What's up? How how do you feel about these new uh, Forge World doors and stuff? Like they changed, like the the. I'm just I'm curious why the uh, why the Space Wolf Wolf has a little helmet now. Has he always had that little helmet? Like that little, um, how do, how does it go? Uh, Safety. I mean, fuck. Like you know when you're when you get like okay, like if you're having twin babies, sometimes one of the twins 
will sit on the other twin's head when they're growing, and so it'll make their skull kind of soft. And so you got to put a little helmet on the other twin baby. Like that's what I feel like the head of the of the wolf is. He's got like a little helmet on him for the new Forge World doors and stuff. And I feel like that's the symbol they're going to go for for Horus Heresy uh, Space Wolves. So uh, our listeners can't see this, but I'm Googling this because I don't know what the fuck Michael's talking about. It's the new doors. Uh, yeah, all I'm seeing is they're like classic rhino doors. No, no. They release new ones here. I'll get it. I'll pull it up for you right now. I mean, I'm, I, I, I don't understand why you need to put a helmet on a wolf. Oh, I think I know what you're talking about. Is it this one right here? The one where it's got like a... Uh, yeah, it's a little helmet, a little baby helmet. Uh, that's actually not a helmet. That's just an outline on the face. Uh, that's been consistent with some of the, the artwork we've seen in the Heresy. Uh, that one is more for the uh, for the Virager, I guess. Like, if you look in the uh, artwork for the Legion Heraldry in Prospero, they actually do have that. Uh, it's this is like the Virager variant, so I guess it's more for like Honor Guard and Wolf Guard and stuff like that. I mean, I I'm not super into it. I prefer the just traditional Wolf Head, but I'm not mad at it. Okay, I was just curious as to how you felt about it, because yeah, that that's what I was talking about. Yeah, that looks all right. I don't think it looks bad. And you're okay with the like, cartoony style now? The wolves are going? Well, <clears throat> I, it looks like the wolf head itself is supposed to look more like not work. And that's, I guess, what that line, that weird like outline on the face is. But His baby helmet. Yeah, I mean, if you, if you want to... If you can't unsee that, then that's fine. That's, that's your problem, dude. Do you I want these? Right. Michael? What are they? Oh, uh, I could order some, man, but we'll see. I'll get back with you. I will get back with you on that one. I got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seven infantry sheets and one vehicle sheet if you want it. I got to mail these to Derek anyway. I mean, you don't have to. Just take them, Michael. Are you actually going to use them, or are they just going (laughs) to sit around in your house full of unused Warhammer stuff? Uh well I've got Morgan on my sister's so, right now but I I I'm pretty sure I would use the them. the Forge World ones I was I was totally gonna use uh those probably not like if I'm being completely honest with you probably not you're not gonna use these okay well I'll send these to Michael if he's gonna use these other ones so anyway glad to hear what Derek's been working on yeah uh, I'll I haven't been like working on stuff but I have been reading up on the uh, novel series trying to get more attuned to the 40k or the 30k lore instead of the 40k that I'm more used to. Do you have audible? Uh, so personally, I'm not an audiobooks kind of guy just cause I'll start thinking about something else and I'll fucking miss a chapter or two. So I'm not, I'm not strong enough to do audiobook. I have to like physically work and read the words off the page. Gotcha. But were I an audiobook kind of guy, I would be all about audible, audible.com. So it's the fantastic, the premier audiobook website from what I hear. Yeah, rfibook.com. Get yourself a free book. 30-day free trial. But anyway, yeah, I could send you Lehman Russ, the uh, the Primark book. I finished reading it, and they give you the option to trade books, and I could send you that. Oh, that's cool. If you so pleased. And you start listening to how cool Lehman Russ is. Do they use a cool voice? Yeah, he's pretty dope. Nice. I might I might give that a the old college try. So, anyway, Scott, what have you been working on, man? Dude, I've been busy. I've been working on a lot, actually. 
took a little set of notes so I covered everything because I've forgotten to miss forgotten to say some shit on some last uh last few episodes. I don't know if I mentioned this, but I'm going to LVO. <laughs> nice. Brother John came through in the clutch and he travels his balls off for his job and has frequent flyer miles and stuff and he he fucking cashed them in and we're going to uh we're going to Vegas at the end of January, baby. It's my first time there, so I don't plan on remembering a whole lot of it, but I look forward to going and meeting everyone. So if you're at, if you're gonna be at the LVO and playing in the horse heresy narrative track, just fucking just just open up your ears and let my fucking soulful soulful voice draw you near me and then uh we can converse and talk of hobby things. Um I'm fucking really excited about that, man. Um they were gonna have a narrative event there. It's super simple. All I gotta do is bring twenty five hundred points. I get like five or six games over two days in Vegas. What's not to fucking like, man? Um doing I I bought uh our buddy Jamie, Big Bad Bull, came through and um he had a leftover battle foam X board display board, the original ones that was in two pieces that you can travel with and he sent that my way as my display board. I can just pop it into two pieces, throw it in my uh check bag and there you go. And then I have a, a KR backpack too and I fit my twenty five hundred points of Iron Warriors into two KR units on and put it in the overhead so it doesn't get fucking just fat fingered by every TSA agent on the man. Um, making fun of me for being a huge nerd, but you know, <laughs> at least I don't work for TSA. <laughs> I like how you already got but, your uh, fucking yeah, quips ready for TSA. There you <laughs> like, go. You're right, man. I'm a huge nerd. It could, always could be worse if I worked at a fucking airport. <laughs> Give me my back. With your fake rank insignia. <laughs> yeah, you're fucking silly goddamn garbage man uniform on. You're, you're a like, lieutenant corporal sergeant. What the fuck? Get the fuck out of here. Get out of here. God damn it. <laughs> I don't give a shit what your prestige rating is on Call of Duty, nerd. You could not take it down, not even if there were five of you. <laughs> but I look forward to that, man. I think that's going to be a really good time. A buddy of ours, uh, Paul Murphy from the Forge the Narrative uh, podcast. He's he's going out there too from Atlanta. I haven't seen him in a really long time, and he's a he's a good friend. So it'll be good to see him and uh, get to experience Vegas and all its splendor. You know, I uh, I'm I'm going out there Thursday, so I have all day Friday. So and I think those guys, uh, my brother in uh, 40k event, and I think that stretches the entire weekend. So. I'm going to have to go find some trouble to get into on my own. I don't know. Maybe wind up in a shallow grave in the desert. We'll see. We'll see where the day <laughs> takes me. But it, I right. told you that restaurant you got to eat at, you 100% have to make it there. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Um, uh, what would I do? My real good friend of mine, Eric, from my gym here in Louisville, he uh, he made his amateur debut last night as a amateur Muay Thai fighter in Indy indianapolis indiana and fucking head kicked the dude and knocked him out cold for three minutes i thought he was dead it was so bad that when he kicked this guy the crowd didn't even go wild it just went totally silent it was like Eric just walked into the ring and hit this 
man in the face with a baseball bat. It was <laughs> so great. He needs some but, milk. Uh, I, oh, man. My five-year-old kid turned to me, looked at me, and was like, Daddy, man to the hospital. I was like, that's right, son. But they're going to have to find the Ghostbusters first and get a hold of him because he is no longer in this realm of existence. <laughs> Awesome. I was really excited for him. I just wanted to mention there's no way he listens to this or gives a shit. But uh <laughs> I, I see the I see the hard work that dude puts in. He's my sparring partner and it definitely paid off because he fucking murdered that guy. It was great. <laughs> um before that I went to Debella Subs in Indy. Ryan will we we fucking met up there a while ago and that's good as always. Uh yeah. Bobby and what I've been doing around the podcast. Um I got my Secret Santa delivered to uh, my buddy Nick, was my Secret Santa guy. And what I gave him was Conrad Kurz and 20 Mark IV Assault Marines with Night Lord shoulder pads, torsos, helmets, and I bought one of the packs. So I, when I found out it was him, I knew what army he played. What is the best unit that I know he doesn't have for Night Lords? And that by far is one of the best units you can run, I think, in my opinion. Our our other buddy Nick, the rules guy Ryan was talking about during the White Scar snippet, he uh he plays Night Lords, you know, and that's a unit he runs. It's super good, melt bombs, they're scoring, they have a great cover save in the open because Kurz is stealth and shrouded and all that good stuff. So um sent that off to him. He seemed to be pretty happy with it. Uh, my own hobby progress, I'm cracking away on 20 World Eaters Tactical Marines. So, uh, with chain axes, um, they're coming along pretty well. I'm pretty excited about them. Also, uh, I got an email from Sam. Well, this is a while back. This isn't recently. But from Sam Jones from uh, The Emperor's Path. And I I was helping him out with a list or a recon squad list involved with the uh, space bulls for, for some event he was going to, I think it um, at the Geno, something that Geno five two is doing. And I fucked it up like 15 times, but eventually we got it right. <laughs> I didn't know this, but I actually watched, he, he does battle reports on the Emperor's and path. And I was watching it and he was like, Hey, I'm Sam and this is the Emperor's path. And I was like, Dude, this must be the same fucking guy. So, a big shout out to him. I'm a fan of the content they put out. I like to, I like, I don't watch them all the way through, but I like to sit there and see people's armies and what they've done and, you know, how they play things and all that good stuff and see their terrain kind of helps fuel my my own hobby uh, pursuit. So, a big shout out to Sam over at the Emperor's Path. up, buddy? We found out that a number of our Patreon, like Patreon supporters in the Patreon chat, they, uh, uh, a lot of them, their wives like watching Sam. I think that was kind of the, like, they're like, oh, is that that cute Sam? Yeah, he's a fucking, <laughs> he's a handsome devil, that one. <laughs> watch out for that one. <laughs> I don't fucking, don't want, don't want to let the fox in the hen house, if you know what I'm saying. You gotta, you gotta close out the old computer when you go to work, but. Yeah, so, yeah, a number uh, of our, a number of our uh, Patreon supporters were. We're talking about like you know oh is that is that Sam on the computer is that Sam is that a uh, the Emperor's Path like they know him by name like they know his voice yeah <laughs> probably 
flipping their bean to him whenever they go off to work. <laughs> Fuck it, I'd watch yeah. out for that shit. <laughs> Leaving snail trails all over the place. kicking the man in the boat's ass. <laughs> <laughs> Just beating that man in the I, boat's ass while you, as soon as you leave. I just thought I, it was, I just thought it was funny because I realized in that moment how fucking stupid I am. I was like, Sam, Emperor's Path. This is also a Sam from another show called The Emperor's Path. <laughs> Weird. Uh-huh. I was like, wait a second. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> fucking great, dude. So what about you, Ryan? What have you been working on? I painted up a Vindicator, painted up a Rhino, painted up a Scorpus Whirlwind, and I started working on a Fell Blade, and I have it three quarters of the way built. God damn it, dude! Did you uh, already get your Blood and Skulls Industries order in for your new barrels for your for your blade? Uh, he so I put in my order and. He contacted me, Thomas, and said, hey, these Widowmaker barrels, I need to redo the mold for them because there's a bad mold slit. Like, out, I may cast you some up and they look like shit, so let me redo the molds if you don't mind. In a few days. Because like, he knows. Great. He knows. He knows they're going to fucking be yeah. passed around the internet like fucking porn at a high school. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, so, anyway, um, so I was like, yeah, I don't care, man. Um so he uh, he ended up waiting a few days to do that. So he uh, he shipped them out, or he sent me the invoice or whatever today, and I paid for it. He's going to ship them out in the morning. But he said the order's ready to go, and he he only lives at like a state state away or two states away. So I should get them um, in a couple days. I'll probably have them Wednesday. Nice. Michael's digging some stuff out of his case. Did you put the arms on the night there? Uh, one of them. So this is the arm that uh, he kind of kind of threw in but check that out that's the uh like oh wait tentacle this is like the the mechanical tentacle arm and then i also have the uh the towel model maker on that one but it's got the posable legs and everything like that but yeah that's that arm what's cool is with those arms that's pretty cool he includes like the the whole sub assembly like from the what would be the elbow down but we were just talking about blood and skull so i like had to bring that yeah. up. Whereas, like with the other, like the towel model maker kit and stuff like that, it's just the arm, and like the I don't know if you put knights together, you know, there's like two different knights. Like there's the uh, the close combat weapon, and then there's the gun arm. It's like two separate kinds. And if you just have the normal knight yeah. kit, not the upgraded kit, you only get one of each. And so, him including that is like a huge deal. Like it's it's actually pretty fucking important for that. You, you basically oh, yeah. keep the entire. Yeah. assembly for your other factory arm so you can magnetize it or whatever you need to do. Yes, sir. It's fucking rad. So, yeah. my th- I did not put this together, by the way. My roommate did. Thank you, Jake. <laughs> the best. Um, then I, I also am going to start my... So now all the... My original clump of tanks that I had for my Death Guard are done. So they're all painted up. So I got my six Land Raiders painted up. And then I got a, vin- a Vindicator, two Rhinos, and a Scorpus now. Okay. So what is that? Ten tanks? Yep. Are done? So I got the I got those ten done, and then I got that Forge World order in where I posted on the Facebook where it said, hey, reinforcements. So I got three more. I got three Sakarans, two Predators, 
a vi another Vindicator blade, and all I've done is assemble, mostly assemble the fell blade. Um, I wasn't, I was just going real slow with it. Uh, so it's just kind of something I'm working on in my off time or whatever. For stack and all, you know, work on that. Because I was kind of waiting on those conversion bits anyway. Ten four, absolutely. I feel John Stanford sent me sent me that Zyphon. So I think I'm gonna go ahead and paint it up. Death Guard. <laughs> I can't I keep I got so many fucking armies I don't know, so I'll probably just make the fuck custodes list out of my Death Guard now because I already have like everything else for it. Because between buying all the tanks to play Freddy's tank game and then buying all the infantry just to play my normal list, I was really only short the bikes and two Zyphons to build the fuck custodes list. And I already own all the militia. And they're already painted like green and rust brown, which match my Death Guard. So I was like, "Fuck it, let's just paint these Zyphons Death Guard and call it a day." So that's probably what I'll end up doing. So the when we when the rule book finally drops, I'll probably order another Zyphon, a Sicker Inventor, and like three more Predators, so that I I'll have like at that point I'll own like twenty fucking Death Guard vehicles. <laughs> have a whole parking lot full. I don't know. I think I have like 14. Like, it'll be good because I can play Freddy's uh, tank game with it and I'll be able to run multiple lists. Yeah, that'll be really good. <laughs> be the ultimate uh, ultimate test of his rules and stuff like that. Sounds fun. Yep. What about you, Mike? So, I don't know if I'll get that done because... Oh, sorry. No? I was going to... I need to start on my... Like I said, I'm starting my infantry tomorrow which is monday and then i need to get it done and then as soon as my infantry's done that i need for adepticon i'm gonna switch over to terrain to get all that terrain for adepticon knocked out because of my shift change at work they've changed my shift around i it's cut my hobby time in roughly half i get about half what i used to so when we went through the big schedule of oh i'll get this done here and i'll get this and then you cut a month off on accident at the end and i panic for a little bit yep like well, now I've cut, like, half the fucking time out. So now I really am panicking. So I need to get my goddamn <laughs> infantry done and then immediately start on terrain. So all these, like, grand schemes of getting the infantry done and then getting all the terrain done and then going back and painting all this shit, that's a little bit in jeopardy. So, um, yeah. Lighten the load, man. We got some, some professional painters that listen here, and I'm pretty sure they'd be happy to help you out with some of that terrain. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Let me, uh, I'll get my fucking infantry out of the way and then jump on the terrain and see, hopefully it doesn't take as long as I'm thinking or whatever. So. I hear you. I've seen your terrain and I know how long it takes. You paint each individual little scrap piece, which really immerses you, but I cannot imagine is any quick feat at all. Nah, it takes a while. <laughs> dig it so anyway yeah that's me i'm done all right what about you michael uh so on my end i've got now officially have two uh acquisitors painted up still have the other ones assembled we just actually put one together right here before the cast um i got my janisha kroll conversion all converted up um basically i saw somebody on the internet had taken a Grayfax 
replaced the head and gave her a sword hand, and that's exactly what I did. So nice. I converted up my Janisha Kroll to with the Grayfax, gave her one of them super long, super ponytails, and I threw her in this not last batch of uh, sisters I primed up, and they're all sitting in my garage primed up in uh, with their bronze overcoat of Vallejo Mecca bronze. So. Next thing, like that's like the first step of like my batch painting process I get done. So they should be done by like Wednesday. And then I have 24 or 25 more sisters I picked up from, uh, from Douglas on our Patreon chat. And then I have like 10 more coming from Josh and then another five more coming from Pretty. And I think I'm going to be at like 90 when this is all said and done. Um, Right now, I've only been like putting together just sword sisters, um, but I think I'm finally getting to the point where, and like, it's just been like it's been a real easy process, like building them up. Because for one, the aqua sisters are so easy to put together. Uh, the paint scheme I have for them is super easy, just because it's black, and then it's like a, the it's just black with black primer, and then you go uh, Corax black on top of it. Then I hit the whole thing up with a uh, like a dry brush of steel. We talked about it last episode, and then the whole thing gets completely covered with uh, uh, AK Interactive, and so it kind of like tones everything back down and brings it back down. And then I hit it up with the uh, Vallejo, or I'm sorry, AK Interactive Super Matte, and it really all just kind of like makes it look like a stealth bomber. It's pretty cool, and it paints super fucking fast. And so just the army in general paints really fast. So uh, I think. Once I get these girls in, like I was telling the guys before the cast started, the only thing at this point, once I get my last uh, four acquisitions painted up, I'll have enough for 2,500 points minus my three Avengers. And I'm kind of worried because uh, if I do plant, like I want to go to LVO and I think at this point, like it's just going to be just me going just to go to hang out. I don't think I'll be actually playing, but uh if I get these sisters done by then, I'll take them. But the only thing that's probably going to hold me back is getting uh, three Avengers here assembled and painted because I, Avengers are not going to be easy to paint. So I think it's going to be only it's going to fuck me up. You could borrow my three. My three are just painted generic, like Imperial scheme and they're fully painted. I might do that. I might just do that. I'll let you know, but I do definitely want to, uh, have just some generic painters. <clears throat> but other than that, uh, my Secret Santa got his stuff. Oddly enough, I sent him two adventures. <laughs> so I had them in my hands, sent them his way. Uh, I think he was going to paint them up generic as well because he does Iron Hands and Dark Mechanicum. And since he does Iron Hands, I sent him uh, the Sakaran Punisher turret. And so he could make himself an awesome, awesome uh, Iron Hands Sakaran Punisher and possibly put one special character in there. So I wrote him a list for the stuff that you sent him. Did you really? Yes, I did. I have it right here. Love it. So, yeah. So... I'm glad that I'm glad that made it to him. He seemed pretty happy. On top of that, because I had ordered a battle foam not too long ago, probably back in July, I think it was their Fourth of July sale or something like that. Uh, I ordered a pack 720, and they give you those like when you order it generic, you just get those big blocks of pick and pluck. 
And so I pick and plucked him out an Avenger from that big old block and like put one of the Avengers in there and like wrap the other one up real nice. It's still broke in shipping. Like the little like tips <laughs> broke off. Like it still didn't make it, but still I was like, you know, this is like the most gentleman thing you could do is just like put a, a giant block of battle foam in there with, for him. Yeah. So, so I was pretty I got my now. secret Santa too. I forgot to mention that uh, Pre- Pretty was who sent me stuff and he sent me a really nice uh, cups that Josh does and he did it all in death two-tone. Pretty rad. Two-tone death. Where's that cup. bad boy? Let's get- yeah, it's in the other room. It's on my shelf, my display shelf with all my all right. Yeti cups. Why? Do you want me to go get it? Yeah, that thing's fucking... I got to see that sweet, sweet artwork, man. Okay, so I got that, and then I'm sending off my secret Santa, the shipping label tonight, and put it in the mail. Uh, I had to wait because I ordered it. It came in on my for- the Forge World order we just put in that I just got, you know, three, four days ago or whatever. So, and then uh, I had to work a bunch this fucking week like normal. <laughs> I didn't have time to mail it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna mail it. Actually, my wife's gonna mail it. Uh, I'm gonna print the label. And then she's going to take it to those tomorrow. Let me go get that cup. You guys keep going. So, yeah. So, that that's uh, that's what I've been doing. I uh, got all that taken care of. Pretty happy about that. Um, I actually also, just on the Radio Free Instagram side of things, uh, I invoiced everybody that was like a Patreon supporter before like some, I think, August 31st or something like that that had ordered dice from us. And so... Since we have the dice, I sent all the invoices out with shipping, and so those. Uh, so, guys, check your email. If you sent, only a select group of our Patreon supporters got the message because it was like part of the initial dice order, and we only ordered so many dice. And like now, there's like a ton of people that want dice, which we will be doing a second order here pretty soon. But just letting you guys know that uh, that if you were part of that group, that specific group that ordered dice and I sent you the message on Patreon. You sent me a message back telling me how much dice you wanted, how many, uh, how many, uh, what your address was and all that jazz. I sent you an invoice and, uh, it, those should be going out this week. So, but that's, that's, uh, that's what I did. So nothing else much. Uh, roommates still putting together nights, man. I'm pretty happy about that. Badass. It's like having two hobby progresses. <laughs> yeah, man, he's a machine. It's like he comes home and just loves putting Warhammer stuff together. I hope he never gets tired of it. So <laughs> You're going to find out. We'll see. Come <laughs> to the test. So I guess that's it for hobby progress for all of us. Uh, let's go ahead and move on to this Toys for Tots. So... Under the Toys for Tots, guys, if you don't know what that is, Toys for Tots is a uh, is a charity run by the Marines who make sure underprivileged children get toys for the holidays. And it's not just toys; they also do like you know stuff that the children need, like jackets and things like that. You know, colors for school, school supplies, things like that. And uh, as part of this, it is done by the Marines though, so they keep the crayons, so they can eat them. Yeah, they keep all the crayons. So. So as part of this Toys for Tots, uh, we actually paired up with powerful Jamie, and Jamie actually handles all of it, but he actually, you know, we try and get the word out as best as we can for him. And what he does is he gets all these different uh, 
professional painters to paint up these armies and to uh, paint up these different battle boards and stuff. And what he does is he takes those, takes donations, and then puts them on eBay, sells these things on eBay, sells these armies, these battle boards, everything on eBay, and he, all the profits he makes from or he gets from it, he immediately donates that to Toys for Tots. And so we've already done one auction this year, and that was for the uh, for the custodes. And those custodes were fucking beautiful, man. They made a uh, pretty penny, and all that went to Toys for Tots. But starting this Tuesday coming up, uh, which should be the 12th, uh, we will have the next two Toys for Tots auctions. We'll actually post them up. We'll post the eBay link onto our Radio Free Estevan Facebook page. They'll go for 10 days. And it's actually going to be two Realm of Battle boards. Uh, one is an Age of Sigmar Realm of Battle board, and the other is a. I don't know. I don't. I don't know if it's just like the normal like Fields Realm of Battle board, but this is one that I will probably be in a bidding war with Ryan over. I feel like, cause uh, it's fucking badass, dude. This thing looks like Mars. Like I can't. I can't wait just to post the pictures up of this Realm of Battle board because it's so fucking badass. Like. I know it sounds like I'm overselling it because we want this thing to sell, but no, it is probably the coolest board I've ever seen because it looks like Mars and it's like been hand painted to look like red dusty terrain. I don't, I don't know how to explain it. It's, it's, it's a, one of the giant games workshop plastic battle Roma battle boards. That's completely. Yeah. I'm painted. glad you're talking it up. Cause it's like the one thing I wanted to bid on. So <laughs> you know, for real. Wait a Michael, thanks. <laughs> Have you seen this thing? Uh, no. Wait to fuck me out of a table that I need for Adepticon to save me some work. But man, everybody, go just just go check this go out. This, this battle board looks fucking sick. Oh my god! <laughs> like how cool is that? Like it's like red and gray. Like it looks like what you'd be fighting on if you were in the the part of Mars that the Mechanicum hadn't taken over yet. Which I don't know what part that would be. But yeah, it has those like cracks filled with skulls and oh my god, dude. Just the level of detail that they went to with this thing is just, it's it's nuts. It's like he took the inspiration from uh, the Curiosity's rover and he took all the pictures from that and just applied it to a uh, it's got like to a table. The guy, the guy who did ground. that is a fine is a fine art major and he teaches at a university in San Francisco. It shows. Yeah, it's insane. That makes sense there. <laughs> have you seen this <laughs> thing, Scott? <laughs> Scott, have you seen this thing? Yeah, man. I'm in the. I see it in our podcast chat. It looks fantastic. I'm just fucking poor white trash. So I can't afford to bid on such nice thing. <laughs> we might just have to pull our. Sad. <laughs> we, might have we might just have to pull our resources together, Ryan, and get this for uh, get this for Adepticon. Just get in a bidding war together, and then just ship it back and forth like a timeshare. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> make sure we have it so so yeah guys so that starts on tuesday we will definitely post pictures up and uh we'll post up ebay links keep an eye out for that i'm super fucking excited for that it, it looks dope and i think it's gonna get a lot of money for the cheerings so do it for the cheering do it for the cheerings so toys for tots glad we're thank you powerful jamie thank you so uh next up on the list we're gonna talk about heresy camp so how do we want to do this? So we should have a special episode coming up here pretty soon about Heresy Camp and announce some of the things going on. Uh, however, just to touch base on it right now, we have the five-day passes up already. Uh, so this is a pre-order for passes, and also we have the 
um, the painting course in there as well for the five day passers. Uh, just a heads up for the painting course. Uh, it's going to be that Wednesday and Thursday and that Saturday and Sunday. Uh, so if you plan on being a five day passer, uh, this is your time to get into that painting course and to just grab that painting course. Even if you're not ready to jump on the early bird five day pass, definitely get on that painting course. Now, if you plan on being a five day passer, because, uh, there will only be 15 spots available in the painting course, uh, for the three day and the five day. So in between the two, there's 30, but, uh, if you don't, if you plan on, you know, if the three day painting course, which will be that Saturday and Sunday fills up in that 15, you might be SOL. So, and on the same thing for the five day passer, you know, if you're, if that fills up to 15, I think right now we've already got like four or five filled up for that, uh, for that 15. So, but the early bird tickets are going on sale. They are already on sale. Uh, you should have seen on our Facebook page, the link to the event bright to actually purchase your tickets and get them moving. Uh, we are only doing 50 early bird tickets right now. Uh, those are moving pretty quickly. So keep an eye out for that. January 13th general sale will go on. Then you can buy the three day passes and you'll still be able to buy the five day passes. Uh, except it's going to be a fucking free for all at that point. So, uh, I know alone in the group itself, there's like 270 people and there's only a hundred spots available. So, just uh, keep that in mind. We tried to make it as civil as we can, but I really feel like uh, by the time January 13th, well, I think around, this will we're doing it where we're doing the five day passes now, mm-hmm. and but we're only doing a max of D. And then, so you, then when the official launch happens, what January 13th? January 13th, we open up the last 50 spots, or if they've not sold out, you know, the, the first 50, whatever's left. And then you just buy whatever, which you can buy three days at that point, or you can still purchase five days if you want to do that. Whatever. Yeah, absolutely, guys. Uh, Once again, if you uh, go to our Facebook page as well, you will also see the requirements for the Cult of Paint. Uh, So the Cult of Paint is on there, and it'll actually show you what the ending result of your vehicle will look like. And uh, just a heads up for you guys, if you're thinking to yourself, oh, I don't want to take this class because I'm going to have to pack my compressor, don't worry about it, guys. We will provide all the compressors. The only thing you'll need to bring is your airbrush and just little things like paint and things like that. We'll provide the airbrush. We're going to supply the the chipping fluid. We're going to supply the matte varnish. There's a whole bunch of things that we're going to supply that we just, you know, realize that, hey, instead of having you pack this on an airplane, we'll go ahead and supply it because it's stuff that we can get available there at the camp. And so there's a whole bunch of things that are we're on the initial list that you'd have to bring that we decided that we could supply and just have it on command for you guys. That way you're not worrying about having to pack stuff on your plane and things like that. Uh, so go look at the most updated list for that, and you will see there's a whole bunch of there's a lot less stuff you have to worry about packing, and all of it that I saw is pretty small and could probably fit in your uh, in your overnight bag. So, I mean, you could probably put everything that you would need in a backpack and be fine. So I've actually got a question about that. So on the Sip. compressors, Sip. so, uh, we're going to have the compressors. Yeah. We're, we're supplying the compressors. All right. Is there a certain kind of compressor they're going to be, or are we gonna have to like supply a bunch of, uh, conversion parts? Uh, well, that could be an issue. Well, we'll, we'll figure it out. Okay. We'll get it going. All right. Just letting you guys know we are. Well, just bring your own We will figure you- it out. Your own host. That's I th- all you need. 
Well, I mean, uh, like going from the hose to the compressor, don't those use different, uh, like different threads? Always either quarter inch or three eighths. I'll just uh, bring a whole bunch of fucking bushings where we can adapt them down. Yeah. Okay, we'll get we'll get them taken care of. Even if we have to uh, get some duct tape out or things like that, I mean, we'll probably even just bring you know airbrushes and shit. Okay, yeah, just want to make yeah. sure. We'll make I'll sure. Bring two, I'm going to bring two compressors and, and two guns, but if people, if you're bringing your own airbrush, just bring your own hose. Way we know that your hose and airbrush meet up. And then, because adapting from the hose to the airbrush is only ever two sizes, and I'll just bring a whole bunch of fucking bushings to go both ways. We'll take care of you guys. Dope. It'll guarantee. Cool. I didn't realize there was, you know, two main ones. I thought each different, like, manufacturer had their own. Nah, so it's just pipe thread. It's either quarter eight or quarter inch or three-eighths. That's all they make them oh, in. Cool. Or a weird-ass badger. But it's all good. We'll make sure that you can get hooked up to our air compressors. We'll make sure you're taken care of. Don't let Derek fearmonger you out of coming to the class. I'm just letting you know. <laughs> somebody's out here thinking of thinking of problems. <laughs> but if you have any questions, guys, about a heresy camp or the painting class or anything like that, do not hesitate to send us a message, uh, and we will definitely get the answers for you. Uh, like like Derek here brought up his concerns on on heresy camp. So the, if we don't know about them, we don't know what to think about. So good on you. Good on you. Just doing my part. So, well, that's it for Harris Camp. That's all I want to touch base on now for that. Uh, you want to talk about surveys? Do you have the survey result picked up? We can talk about some of these survey results because a lot of things have changed since the uh, since the last time we issued out surveys, like what, back in July? So, hold on one second. Let me make sure that we can... Uh, let me get you all the latest results because the last result I sent you, there was only 400 people that had taken the survey and now there's 450 people. Is the, is the survey still up? Yep. The survey is still up. Let me take that real quick. <laughs> so for all of those that are wondering what the survey we're talking about, if you actually go to our Facebook page, we posted up a link and then a powerful will made sure it got shared fucking everywhere like a wildfire. And, uh, these, uh, these surveys, are basically one question is all we did was what is what army do you currently play what is the main army you currently play and you can only select one option and then we also had another option on the bottom the second question which was which unit would you like to see their models made for and that's just something that you know we really don't know what to do with that information we we try to send that off to people who are creators like a uh, comrade quiche and uh uh, Pop Goes the Monkey and things like that and Blood and Skulls Industries. We send that off to them just so they could have it. So if they want to work on something, they can collect all this information and see like, oh, everybody wants to see an Alfarious right now. Okay, well, I can make that. Or, you know, any of those things. So, but... Uh, anyway, so right now, as far as the survey goes... Okay, so it looks like everybody's got the results pulled up in front of them now. So, just going over the results. So, immediately, out of 450 results, the highest percentage of army played is Alpha Legion at 7.32%. That's 33 responses. Uh, so, that means 7.5% of people are playing Alpha Legion out there. Uh, I mean, that's, that's quite a bit of players. The least played Legion right now 
not including black shields, which is a little bit harder to get into uh, because there's no real hardcore rules for them or anything like that, uh, is white scars. And I think that's something that we had mentioned <laughs> on the last episode. Seven people out of 450-something play white scars. And... Uh, well, more people may play them than that. That's just pri- that's just your primary army. Your primary army. That's right. So, any shockers y'all see in this one? I'm actually kind of shocked how high Iron Hands is on the list, and how le- low Raveyard yeah, is on the I was, list. I'm actually am too. We have a lot of local Iron Hands players in our our gaming group, but I, I always kind of felt that was something that was very unique about our meta because when I go to a lot of events, very army. And if I take it, I'm usually the only Iron Hands player there. Event that's out of state or something, but I don't know. They're popular. I'm I'm sad how many customs people there are. I'm not surprised. <laughs> yeah, I'm sad. God damn it! <laughs> so out of 451 people, there is 16 main army custodes players out there that are. Oh. That, you know who you are. <laughs> yeah, but what's the? Yeah, but. Where is that ranking in the list? Like that doesn't sound like that many, but when you start breaking it down, because there's so many different answers, it's like right in the middle of the pack. Eighteenth, in the list out of it's right below 31. Emperor's Children and right above Salamanders. Yeah, there's more Custodes players <laughs> yeah. than Salamanders players. There's more Custodes players than Raven Guard players or White Scars players. Actually, there's more Custodes players. Then Raven Guard and White Scars player combine, oddly enough. <laughs> well, that's horrifying. <laughs> <laughs> because we know the amount of yeah. custodes uh, that were out in the Great Crusade. So That's canon now. Yeah. Now that is a thing. That has been canonized. <laughs> so uh, I'm not surprised. I, I kind of imagine that the Iron Warriors were going to be at the top of the list. But it, I think maybe the, the Dark Angels is probably another big surprise for me just because of their lack of, like... Proper rules? Proper rules. Like, they don't have special units or anything like that. I mean, they got some pretty fucking solid rules that we've discussed already in our Dark Angel episode. Uh, but just looking over it right now, I guess you have you have the bit support from J- Games Workshop Main. Uh, you have some of the fluff background. They're one of the probably the heaviest covered legions out there. Uh, so I could see that they're pretty popular, but just seeing them up there, uh, hand in hand with with you know n- more players than Night Lords, more players than Word Bearers, uh, and hanging in there with Iron Hands, it's like, man, dude, they don't even have fucking, they don't even have units yet. I can't imagine uh, what happens when Angelus drops. For real, they're an old old school legion too. Like you know, they've been around for so long. So a lot of old school players played you know Dark Angels just out of. Just out of loyalty to that legion, I suppose. Yeah. Some people have Dark Angel tattoos. Yeah, I know. Some people have Dark Angel tattoos. Yeah, crazy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, speaking of that, let's let's hide a uh, hidden uh, hidden happiness bomb in here. So I ordered some stuff from Spellcrow, which is a Polish company. I got some heads and some of their like versions of plasma weaponry because I'm going to convert my. Mortarian and get rid of the hobo head and put an actual like head with the rest of the armor. <laughs> the okay. crack attic head. The I'm gonna get get rid of that. But um, because of the things I ordered were like steam knight heads with plaza weaponry. I guess the Polish dudes were like, "This guy's gonna play Dark Angels." 
So they gave me a whole bag of freebies that's like their version of Dark Angel bits. So they're like robed legs with like pretty cool looking like uh, the armor is their own unique form of armor. So it's not like a certain mark of armor, but it looks very plate mailish. So you could use it for like artificer armor legs or whatever, but it's got like the the battle dress, the Dark Angel battle dress robe legs. Plus he gave me some extra like knight looking heads with cool robes okay. um, and some extra combi weapons and some shit like that. So the first person that hears this, that is a Dark Angel player. Oh Jesus! They need to take a pic. They need to take a picture. They have to prove that they actually play Dark Angels. Take and a picture. Hit of your me up on Facebook Messenger. Find me on Facebook Messenger, uh, Ryan Kimmel on Facebook Messenger. I'm sure you can find me, and send me a picture and say, "Hey, Ryan, I heard you on this uh, podcast, whatever, and I want that free shit. I will ship you." The bag of Dark Angel freebies that Spellcrow sent me, and you can have them for your Dark Angel collection. <laughs> He's gonna live in Australia. You'll be fuck. <laughs> God damn it! Pa- pause it right it now. Is. Just go ahead and find him. Do it. <laughs> I don't care that this episode came out like three weeks ago. You're still in the running, dude. Come on. <laughs> Nobody's can, done it. You yet. can hit me up on face. You can hit me up on Facebook Messenger or just uh, send uh, the RFI uh, Facebook page posted on there and Facebook Messenger. Either way. So proud of Ryan. Ryan, just random giveaway. I love it, dude. Just even right in the middle of the show without warning. That's some stuff I would do. The 30K Oprah. (laughs) So badass. So that's out there. Ryan's over there. Everyone gets bees. (laughs) (laughs) That's my favorite. That's an amazing gift. I love it. I think about that all the time. Bees. (laughs) Oh. So, absolutely. So, on that, uh, nothing else surprising. We will post the results. We'll put a share link as it goes on through the week. Uh, within the past, like, hour, we've gone up 50 survey results. So, it's still coming up, guys. Uh, we'll probably drop another link to see the survey results here on uh, probably Tuesday or Wednesday of this coming up week. Uh, so look forward to that. Go to our Facebook page. We will put that on there. Uh, all of you Patreon guys, I'm just going to keep live updating you as I keep getting them in. Actually, let me go and share this to you guys right now. But uh, we will have it on our Facebook page uh, to get that communicated out. So, But it it has, it has adjusted, though, I would say. Uh, things have gone down the line. Um, there was some comments on the, uh, the Reddit post, and it's actually pretty crazy because it's uh there's a lot of people discussing it on reddit right now um there was oh those look really good Ryan. there's a lot of people that are let me just actually let me go ahead and just pull some of these reddit comments this guy says white scars are the lowest legion marines probably not getting any special units or primarchs until 2020 uh so that's what this guy's he believes uh this dude says pretty different compared to earlier surveys Wolves and Thousand Sons and Casotas all seem to have dropped quite a ways. That is something that we had mentioned that did happen with our last survey. Uh, a lot of those Thousand Sons and Casotas players seem to fall off. Um, well, remember when we when we first did the first survey and included them, that was when you could pick as many as you wanted because we just said, which legions do you play? Mm-hmm. It wasn't what was your primary. So I would expect if you put another one out and said click as many as you want, Custodes would jump up to the top three again because... Tons of people bought a fucking Prospero box and started little 
side custodies armies. Yeah. That's true. That is very true. But even when we did the one person, uh, Space Wolves and Thousand Suns were still up there pretty high. But I think those people that were like, oh, this is my main army now. Nah, I'm bored of them. People hate me. <laughs> Let me go ahead and switch over to Dark Angels. Uh, this guy says, I'm legit impressed with all the overall spread. Me too. Like, it is pretty pretty nicely spread out amongst the uh, amongst the legions. And this guy says, seems almost opposite of my experiences. Everyone and their dog run salamanders, but I've never met another Warbearer player. Well, they're out there, buddy. They're out there. So, and this guy says, is that because everyone is off areas? Yes. So, anyway, that's just some of the feedback that we got on Reddit from those people looking at the current uh, from the current uh, results. So, cool is cool enough. Cool enough. Nice. So, that's it for surveys. Let's go ahead and move on to some uh, some voicemails. How about that? I think I missed voicemails the most. Voicemails are great. So, I think last week we had some, we played all the voicemails that were on there, but we had to slow down on Iron Hand Will's stories. We couldn't listen to all of them. And then we also couldn't listen to all of the RFI inpatient stories. And we did listen to Sam's awesome... Uh, oh, by the way, Sam from Emperor's Path, Scott is the same one that was... The, he had the Black Friday horror story where they decked that oh, kid in the nice. face. Nice. Yeah, that was him when he was in Florida. There so... <laughs> Classic. That's America, man. Florida. That's the best example of America <laughs> right there. I had to point oh. out to the, all the guys in the Patreon chat that there is, in fact, a Reddit subreddit called Florida Man, where it's just uh, oh. it's just news stories from paper, newspaper clippings that start with the word Florida Man, and then something batshit crazy afterwards. So Florida Man is my favorite superhero. <laughs> <laughs> I think one of them was uh uh. Florida man like gives cocaine to baby or something like that. Like one of them was wild. No. <laughs> Florida man kills gorilla with bare hands or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> so, all right. So I guess, uh, do y'all want to start with, uh, what, how do y'all want to do this? Do you want to go to Chris's inpatient psych stories? Do you want to go to, uh, Craig's, uh, Zam- Zambino Zamboni stories. Uh, do you want to go to Iron Hand Will's industrial accident stories? Where do you want me to start? I love the. Also? I love Jonathan from Boys of the Golden Throne up in that territory. He's from Canada. Has never heard the fucking Zamboni song, and then like blew up my messenger talking about laughing at the fucking Zamboni song at work. He literally couldn't stop laughing at it because it's the first time he'd heard it, and he was going into all the reasons why he likes it. <laughs> so funny. Him and Teo were like listening to our podcast together while like hobbying or something, and like never, both of them are Canadian, had never heard the "I Want to Ride the Zamboni" song, and we're just I play it at every fucking hockey game in the U.S. At least when I used to go to hockey games, I've been in a long time, so maybe it fell out of favor. But used to be in the the early two thousands, fucking you couldn't go to the game and not hear that song. <laughs> 
I don't know if I read this one, but I'm, I'm going to read it right now just because it grabbed my attention instantly. So this is from Iron Hand Will. He says, the moral of the story is I don't have kids. A mother was driving her daughter and two of her daughter's friends to summer camp when all four died when the minivan they caught were in, slammed into a concrete barrier, caught fire, and became fully emblazoned with fiery coffin within moments. When I was growing up, my brother and I used to horse around in the backseat of my mom's Bronco. Invariable, we would test her patience, and when her patience would snap, she'd whip around and scream at us to sit down and shut up. No one knows why the accident happens. Witness said the van was driving down the road normally when it suddenly made a hard right turn and slammed in the barrier at high speed. I can only imagine his mother's parents went tired and broken by three little children, and when she whipped around to scream at them, sit down and shut up, her hand on the wheel followed the rest of her body. So that's uh, that came from Iron Hand Will. I don't know. Uh, that's that's super fucking dark and random, <laughs> but okay. That's, that's dire. Oh, by the way, guys, if you want to send us a voicemail, <laughs> 209RFI30K0, we will play it. Uh, you can also send us an email to Michael at Warmer30K.com, Ryan at Warmer30K.com, Derek at Warmer30K.com, or Scott at Warmer30K.com. And uh, we'll get it in this this email box that will get extremely full. And then when we have a heresy episode, like where we're talking about legions, they'll all back up and we'll have all this ridiculously awesome content to go over. And so that's what's happening right now. So I don't know if it's before we get to this voicemail, Jack Ross sent me an email and he said, Hey, you beautiful cunts, uh, your warrior episode. Uh, I made mention of an iron and an alpha lesion that's using coils of the Hydra and using a Pravian to control them. Uh, in the rules for, he goes on, blah, blah, blah. Then he says, uh, uh, he was talking about, he goes, I am in need of a help on a list for Alpha Legion using Coils of the Hydra taking Iron Circle, uh, using the Mutable Tactics with Infiltrate to start the most way up the field. I'm looking at a 2.5K list. I have no other stipulations. I'm looking to make this list for 2019 Adepticon nice. as an exercise on my paint skills. And in trade, I do not have any industrial accident stories, but I do have a story involving a pizza delivery guy a gun, someone shot in the head, German attack dogs, vehicular assault, and a little white lie that made everything better. I forgot about that. And so I sent him a list. I actually wrote him two lists. I wrote him a coils list and a shattered legion list that just con- uh, combined alpha legion and iron warriors um, that did kind of the same thing. And between those two lists, he sent us the story. So the story should be in our voicemails this week. It is. It actually, I have it right here in front of me, and I'm glad you put the work in because I remember seeing that, and I was like, oh, hell yeah, that's going to be fucking awesome. So let me go ahead and pull that up for all of you. Thank you, Ryan, for putting in the work for that. Let's go ahead and pop that out. He says, here it is. Again, thank you for all you do. You make driving to and work better each day. Thank you, Ryan, for the list. 6.2 megabyte story. So strap in, boys. We've got a uh, we've got a long one. Glad we got the bathroom breaks out of the way. Oh, 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 oh. Let me turn this up. Shh. Hey, guys. This is Jack from Kentucky. Calling with you to tell of a uh, person being shot in the head. Some attack dogs, uh, possible vehicular homicide, 
um, and a little white lie that made it all just go away. <laughs> uh, so uh, no longer work for this company, and nobody I know does. So it was Papa John's up in Cincinnati, uh, in downtown. Um, for those of you that may have never been to Cincinnati or have seen it, um, it's uh, close to shit so uh, shithole. Um, not quite there, but uh, close. Um, the downtown location delivered to obviously downtown Cincinnati, along with you know some of the you know housing that uh, was around downtown. Um, happened midsummer, about five or six, so it was, you know light out. My uh, friend Jeremy was general manager, sent his driver Michael out for delivery. Um, Michael pulls up the house, doesn't see anything suspicious, hops out of his car, goes up the door, rings the doorbell. These three guys, guys A, B, and C, jumped out of the bush. Guy A had a gun. Um, the f- flight or flight, you know, kicked in on Michael. He decided that uh, he was going to fight, so he um, threw the <laughs> pizza in the bag at the guy with the gun. Uh, thug A, uh, Thug B, and Thug C ran away because of chicken shits. Um, Michael comes up with a gun, has it pointed at Guy A. Uh, guy from getting hit with the pizza uh, is on the ground uh, on his knees Michael <laughs> has that moment of these motherfuckers just tried to kill me and rob me fuck them pulls the trigger on guy, guy A as he's on the ground on his knees and Michael had the gun to his head pulls the fucking trigger guy gets shot in the head it was an airsoft gun he oh. takes off uh, running guy B <laughs> went one way went a different way from guy c guy b was running down the street but at this point the neighbors saw what was going on one neighbors really uh train saw uh, attack dogs and apparently he released some german shepherds to grab this guy and the german shepherds caught him and you know do what you know dogs do it wasn't were gnawing on him until the cops got there guy c was went the other way <laughs> michael decided well he ain't getting away either uh, jumps in his car, take after guy guy C. Uh, guy C running in the street. Michael decided the best way to tackle him is to uh, gun gun his car down the street, hop up on the sidewalk, open his door, and tag guy with with his car door. Knock the guy to the ground. Michael jumps out, holds him down on the ground until the uh, cops show up. Cops show up. Uh, Michael calls my friend Jeremy. Tells Jeremy. Hey, shot a guy in the head. Uh, some attack dogs hit another guy with my car. Uh, cops are here. It looks like I go, go talk to him. Talk to you later. Bye. Hangs up the phone. Jeremy freaks out because, you know, <laughs> it is really bad, um, depending on what all happened. Um, calls uh, his boss, the franchisee of the franchise we work for at a time, um, the lawyer for the franchise. Um you know, everybody. He, he's, like, on his way to, you know, where all this was happening. Gets there. Jeremy goes up to talk to the driver. Um, cops uh, come up after that, and the driver relates the story, basically how I related to you. Um, the cop comes up, like, hey, we caught the last guy. He had, like, a red dot in his, in his head. And, um, and um, hey, this, you know, want to ask you a question. Did you know it was a? Did you know it was a fake gun or a real gun? And Mike was like, "Oh, I knew it was an airsoft gun the whole entire time." Um, and the 
police officer like good because you could be charged with you know aggravated assault or something like that if you thought it was a real gun and you're you're trying to sh- kill somebody with a real gun and and michael's like nope knew the whole entire time that it was a uh, fake gun cough walk away looks at my friend jeremy michael looks at my friend jeremy's like i th- i thought it was a real gun i was so fucking pissed i was just black i was rage i was ready to kill this motherfucker. uh so uh, yeah yeah that's the story of uh getting shot in the head German attack dogs, possible vehicular homicide if Michael had missed, and a little white lie that made everything okay. Uh, y'all, you guys did a great wor- did great work. Thank you guys very much. You all have a wonderful night. Thank y'all. No, thank you. Jesus Christ. Jesus. Michael sounds like the John Wick of pizza <laughs> delivery. <laughs> fucking real. He's well tight. Like, fucking, Yeah. Time to die, motherfucker. <laughs> just like, what? Yeah. This guy's got yeah. a fucking gun. <laughs> Fuck that. I'm hitting him with my pizza. Dude, for real. Like, just imagine. You know what? He was probably like an ex mob hitman or like some fucking guy that like turned state's evidence and they fucking relocated him and gave him a new life as a pizza delivery driver. He was and like, just like fucked with the wrong guy. Like fucking Ed Hardy in the drop. <laughs> like, you know, like, he just tried to live a normal life. <laughs> I keep trying to get out, but they keep pulling me back in. <laughs> Like Jesus, I'm an out of work sniper. I just decided to get a job as a pizza delivery guy. Why could not just be left alone? <laughs> Fuck, dude. Holy shit, that's wild, man. Like just to a process of like three thugs jumping out at you, ready to kill you. All that have guns, and your first thought is no, Fuck only you. one had a gun. Oh, only one. But you throw your pizza, which somehow knocks the like. I don't know. What lead they ordered on their pizza, but this pizza well, manages to. It, it, if you put had a few pizzas in a bag and had that bag has a strap on it, you swung it at the guy. Oh yeah, it's that, that's not a small um, bag. It okay. actually have, yeah, it actually have quite a bit of leverage because it extends your arm. It knock you down. Okay, so this is hitting them, and then he's somehow jumping on them, getting jumping on him, getting the gun. This guy's on his knees, and he's ready to just assassinate, execute this yeah. man, and then. Pink. Just a little fucking, tush. like you'd have to shit your pants at that point if you were like the the robber. Like you just, like this guy was ready to fucking murder me. I, yeah. Like oh, this is a life changing event. He probably is a vigilante at this point. I would imagine. Like his first response is just spite. <laughs> like his his uh his superhero name is just straight up Pizza Man, and it's like, well, fuck the gun's not. It's not a real gun. I have a real car. <laughs> Fuck this other dude. Cool story, man. Yeah, moral of the story. If the cops ever ask you if you knew it was a fake gun, you knew it was a fake gun. <laughs> Every time. Every fucking time. All right. So you ready to hear an inpatient psych story? Let's hear it. These are these are also my favorites. Hey motherfuckers, so um, I'm having a uh, real difficult time trying to think of an inpatient psych story that's got like, uh, that's not like anticlimactic, so um, I just figured I'd tell you about a few scenarios that are somewhat entertaining, I also realized like I've seen a lot of shit and like what's shocking for some people is just very fucking like casual for me. So, um, I hope that this is interesting. Um, so basically like, 
I don't know, when you work in patient psych, when you get, like, the severe, like, repeat people that are, like, have been in, like, a state institution that's, like, a complete and utter, like, nightmare of a shithole, um, I don't know, you, you see a lot of people like that, and when you get a unit full of a bunch of them, shit kind of goes awry, and, like, so, this one dude, I remember, I ne- it never happened when I worked with him, um, he was, without a doubt, in the literal, like, in the literal sense, a window licker, like, he would lick the windows, um, and he always called me Padawan, <laughs> and tried to touch my hair a lot, because I had long hair, and it was pretty uncomfortable, but anyway, Some Ed I remember shit. one day after I left, uh, this fucker, somewhat pissed, like, uh, I'd get relieved by these people who are, like, straight off the boat from Africa and they had zero cultural competency when it comes to America. So like, you gotta understand, like you can't just take someone that has zero cultural competency from like a country like that. Who's like living in villages and shit and stick them in America, like in a one-to-one like arms length precautions with an American who's out of their fucking mind. And like, you have to know how to talk to the person. So anyway, this guy, I get relieved by some people who just have zero sense of how to talk to anyone um, in this country. And, um, like, they, they piss this guy the fuck off. Like, you gotta know how to verbally de-escalate people when you work inpatient. So anyway, he starts uh, shitting on the floor and, like, stomping <laughs> on it. And then shits and pisses in his sock and he starts swinging it around over his head. And it's actually... Um, <laughs> This guy's why they... I'm pretty sure he's why they ended up getting a riot shield. And this all happened after I got relieved after being with him for, like, eight hours straight um, in, like, a separate room um, from, like, the rest of the population because he was that fucking whacked out. So he's pissing and shitting in the socks, stomping on his shit on the floor, smearing it on the walls, swinging the sock around, filled with piss and shit. And so before they got the riot shield, we you had to take a mattress and then, like, Pretty, it'd always be all the males because, yeah, of course, a paging, you know, all available male staff. Um, we would have to hold it up, open the steel door. It looks like a steel cage door. Um, and this, like, the guy would be locked in a tile room. And um, so, and you have to charge in there and pin him against the wall. And, you know, then some lucky son of a bitch had to tackle him in the shit um, and work the whole shit. Yeah, I just got a phone call while recording that, so, um, yeah, so some lucky fucking asshole had to tackle this motherfucker and roll around in his fucking feces, and then the rest of the staff got stuck after they, you know, they inject you with enough medication that it's equivalent to, like, a couple of six-packs at once, so you just get incapacitated. That's how a lot of people would actually go to sleep. Um, they couldn't sleep. They'd have a hard time sleeping, because, like, the other fucking people are running around, like, you know, like, and you're in a fucking movie and trying to act as fucking nuts as possible, like, on a real bad day. So someone would just flip out, throw a chair, get tackled, and then, sh- like, stuck in the ass with, like, a couple of syringes filled with, you know, very, very strong meds. Um, so, yeah. And the thing is, with people like this guy, he's it's happened so many times for so many years straight that it doesn't do anything. So you have to keep doing it until he's just lays down for about 20 minutes. Um, whereas most people would be knocked out for at least 10 hours, um, based on my experience. And, um, 
So that's one little instance. I hope you enjoyed it. <laughs> Fuck, man. So, wow. so fair enough, I guess. Uh, Sounds like a pretty fun Saturday night to me, man. <laughs> Shit him a sock. <laughs> yeah, who wants to get hit with a poo mace? I certainly don't. That's fucking wild, man. Like, at what point do they, like, what do, what do you do? It Like, it, like, how do you not go home defeated every night after dealing with that kind of shit? Like, like, hey, babe, how was your day today? Uh, some crazy dude shitting in his sock and swung it around like a goddamn flail. Uh, and it was starting to move through the sock <laughs> and start sp- spraying all over the wall. So we had there, to get a there mattress. Was, there was some seepage. <laughs> there was some seepage coming out like a goddamn cheese grater. Like some, like some fucking... <laughs> What is it? Uh, cheese, uh, cheesecloth. Well, I eat a ton of meat. It's just hard, and all my socks have holes in the end where the toes are at. So I just have a feeling I'd swing it around a couple of times, and it'd come out the hole at the end like a missile, like a sling, and it'd be like a poo dart. <laughs> <laughs> it fucking, it fucking hit somebody and turn into a unicorn horn, like right in their fucking head. <laughs> Good lord, man! I could not. Oh. Then you get stuck in the ass with a whole bunch of drugs. And I like how he yeah. was just like, he's like, yeah, man, I hung out with this dude for eight hours, completely fine. <laughs> and as soon as, as soon as shift change comes, he decides to just go all out and just handle people. I mean, honestly, though, like, as far as, like, if you were to try and defend yourself, that sounds like a very, like, good weapon that you have on you all the time. Like, it's just, like, you just shit in your own sock, your own tube sock. Okay, but... So you have to take your sock off, shitting it. And then you have to like drop trowel, shit into it. I I mean, I don't. I've never been so scared. I'd that imagine I'd be able the to fight shit on like, command. I got one yeah. there for you. I had a story from this dude uh, who was in Afghan prison in Mazar-e Sharif, which is like this old school prison way up north, and he had pulled out three of his teeth. The teeth and the sole of his shoes so the roots stuck out like nails in a baseball bat and was using that to beat other people with it <laughs> oh my god that dude would not that's a hard motherfucker right there man word, as far as i'm concerned that's that's the kind of person who would like fucking execute somebody for trying to steal his pizza yeah like that's... <laughs> fuck me no fuck you <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> so, shoe. Teeth in it. <laughs> so in one of these <laughs> in one of these survivalist horror games, one of the new weapons has to be tooth chew. Yeah, <laughs> tooth chew. <laughs> like, man, I have to let you go. You really want to be free. So I just You mean to tell me in, this horror game fall, This horror game takes in place in an asylum. There's not one shit sock. <laughs> yeah. Where's in where's my tooth chew? Seven, at? If there's not a shit if there's not a tooth shoe or shit sock as a weapon option in Fallout 7, I'm going to be very disappointed. They're just not doing it right. Those people aren't at the level of desperation that we expect them to be. Any of our listeners, if you mod Fallout, just go ahead and throw out a, a shit sock and a tooth shoe. Tooth shoe. <laughs> All right, we got another inpatient story. Tim, Tim from I've Horse plays D&D. They should fucking make a tooth shoe in D&D and like bless it. So it's like a plus five keening fucking tooth shoe. 
Don't worry, man. Of no. decapitation. Get decapitated by the tooth chew. It's a vorpal tooth chew. Goddamn murder strike tooth chew. Vorpal tooth chew. It doesn't, it doesn't seem like it would hurt too much. Like, it would, like, stick you and prick you. And then, like, it'd just be awkward. You'd be like, oh, what the fuck was that? That's the root of his tooth. Oh, my God. That's definitely <laughs> that, That's going to get infected, yeah. Like, that's, that's so fucking infected. Does that, does that count as a fight bite? <laughs> yeah, does that count as getting bit? Like, what? I don't know. All right, we got another impatient story. So the second story that I'll leave you with today is um, the day I had to verbally de-escalate an ultimate fighter with a crazy fucking good ratio. Um, so in addition to having pause people it, that are just... Pause it. I know who this is. Miller, you think the same thing I it's, it's It's got to be Mayhem or fucking Dan Quinn, right? It's fucking Mayhem Miller, man. Oh, Jesus. You think so? It's got to be Mayhem, Dan Quinn, or what's that fucking, uh, the crazy Russian guy, uh, Dotsik. If people who yes, don't know who we're... God damn it. People, pause this fucking episode and go to YouTube and type in, uh... MMA Dotsik, D-A-T-I-S-K. He's a Russian fucking MMA fighter. Lunatic. I don't know. He's literally like if... He's like King Kong Bundy from the old WWF days, but in real life. And they actually let this guy be a cage fighter. And there's an actual fight where he runs around with his arms down to his side, just throwing headbutts at the guy. Like jumping in the air and flipping like a coffin, trying to headbutt this guy. There's another fight where he literally puts his hands out like this, with making fists and like, like just spins, like windmills at the he guy. He does the Zangief. It's like crazy. The Zangief. Oh, yeah. Holy <laughs> shit. He's a fucking lunatic. Like, why? Like, you know, the guy's obviously mentally ill. Why are you letting him fight? <laughs> and then he got he got put in a fucking mental hospital in Russia and broke out by tearing apart a chain link fence with his bare hands to escape. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> this is all you can Google all this shit. And then he just recently got arrested again and they had to put him in the courtroom in like a fucking shirt cage, but in the courtroom. So he's like standing in the Russian courtroom all chained up in the fucking you know, like jail suit or whatever with this beard. That's way longer than I am in a goddamn like shark cage in the middle of the courtroom in Russia. I mean, this guy sounds like a Tekken character. (laughs) Jesus Christ, man. (laughs) Anyway, so it's got to be Datsik, Dan Quinn, or Mayhem. That's the only three that I know that have been in a psych ward. How about you, Scott? Do you know of any others? I think it's probably Mayhem Miller since it was here in America, but I don't know. Yeah, we'll find out. He He is a fucking really good fighter. If it wasn't for being crazy, he would, you know, he'd be fucking champ for sure. He's legit. Legit jujitsu. Really fucking incompetent, just working in patient psych, um, because most of the people with like you know, um, bachelor's and master's level degrees who can't get jobs still won't even do this bullshit. Like, they they occasionally get like this nurse who's like nurse ratchet and one flew over the cuckoo's nest, like royal fucking cunts who are just probably need to get fucking banged and just it hasn't happened in way too long. So anyway. Um, there's, it's dinner time and like, I'm doing like a, the evening shift and, um, everyone's off the unit. There's one nurse on the unit and then this guy who's a fucking crazy good professional fighter who's there for medication stabilization and with, you know, psychiatric issues. So this is the kind of guy who like, even like in the ring, you better hope he's on his meds. Um, 
So anyway, um, I'm like one of the very few male staff available because, you know, equal rights, whenever there's someone that freaks out, they call all available male staff. Um, and um, so I'm out like helping feed everyone and do all the shit that we do. And then there's this code that gets called over a loudspeaker. I'm like, well, fuck me, silly. I know who like the only person on the unit is and I do not want to be dealing with that shit. So, of course, I'm, I gotta respond, cause, you know, um, so I get on the unit, and, like, I see the nurse in the nurse's station just standing there like a fucking ragged cunt, and, um, <laughs> she's just being all fucking stupid looking, and I go, I look in the, I peek in the guy's room, and he's like, oh, I'm glad it's you, I'm like, glad it's me, like, I'm glad you fucking said that, Jesus Christ, dude, you're the last motherfucker I want to restrain right now, um, you know, fortunately, I, I, you know, I did the math. I've been involved in like well over 300 restraints and never been assaulted by anyone directly, which says a lot because you have to know how to talk to people. And, um, yeah, so it's pretty anticlimactic, but I get in there and she's just backed in a cunt. And I basically had to reassure him that she was a dirty fucking whore bag. And, you know, um, <laughs> he was right because he was. And, you know, she was just on a power trip. And, but like, one of the reasons why, you know, something like that's super serious is last time something like that happened, the nurse ended up getting beat within an inch of her life to where she got permanent brain damage. And, um, she never pressed charges because she was, didn't want the guy to have her address. Um, that is some true shit. And, um, also, at least in New Jersey, if you get assaulted and hurt by someone in an inpatient psych unit, there's very little that can actually happen to that person because they're there for, you know, psychiatric stabilization. So, like, technically you're the asshole no matter what. Um, so, yeah, like, basically he could have, like, beaten this woman within an inch of her life and just been discharged in a few weeks or a few months, however long they decided to keep him for. But, um, yeah. Honestly, shit like that's really common. I can't, yeah, it reminds me of another story, but I'll save it for next time. <laughs> so, like, if you really enjoy, like, if you're a UFC fighter and you just want to, like, spar all the time <laughs> with people who can do nothing back to you. If you're legally. a UFC fighter and your biggest problem is how fair the fights are. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Fuck. That's pretty wild. It's pretty wild that they like. There's no like legal ramification for beating the shit out of somebody who's trying to, trying to uh, re- recuperate you. I guess. Fuck are y'all trying? Are y- I feel like both of y'all are looking up to see right now which uh, psychiatric ward Mayhem was in. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> All I'm finding is a bunch of that sick shit when I yeah. typed in. MMA fighter escapes psych ward. There's a bunch of Nazi <laughs> shit. But that was in Russia. Okay. So this next one says, Hey, dude, thanks for the help with the army list in the latest episode. Super cool. Thought I'd drop you a quick message and a short story. I can't call it an industrial accident, but it's sure up there with odd stuff. So this comes from Chris Gibson. 
Hey there, guys. It's Chris. Uh, just wanted to drop you a quick message. Thanks for uh, the army list you guys wrote up for me last week. Uh, the loyalist shattered legions with uh, iron warriors and world eaters. Really super stoked to be getting on to that project. A uh, little bit scared about painting white, but uh, hey, we got to we got to do something about it. So uh, yeah, cheers for your help with that, Ryan. That's going to be awesome. Really looking forward to that. Thought I'd uh, get in touch just to give you a quick uh, short story. Uh, so I used to work in uh, the customer care department for a supermarket well known here in, in England. Uh, may or may not begin with W and end with eight rows. Uh, I'll, I'll leave you to figure up to that one. Um, but I was part of the advanced customer care team, which basically that meant uh, I got to look and pretend to be a manager, uh, but get paid the standard minimum wage. So that was always fun. Uh, I'd wander <laughs> around just helping out all sorts of people uh, as they were learning their jobs, basically, all the all the newbies. Uh, I would train them up and, yeah, get them up to standard. And we were driven, driven very much to be producing the, as they called it, market-defining service. So it's important we understand that we're we're aiming for market-defining service at this point. Well, we'd get all sorts of people calling up, all sorts of uh, weird complaints. Uh, one of them, I remember, called up customer care to complain that uh, some old guy had parked in a mother and child bay just outside the front of the shop. Uh, he was disabled, he was using uh, crutches and uh, couldn't walk very, very well. All the disabled bays were gone, apparently, uh, but he'd parked in a mother and child bay where there's a bit more space we could get in and out of the car. And this woman found this completely unacceptable, so called up customer care and I just had to basically tell her, there's nothing we can do. So uh, that was the extent and the highlight of some of my days. But then occasionally we'd have this one gentleman who would ring up and God bless him. I don't know what went on in his life to get him to this stage, but he would call up and he would basically interview us, each and every person who we would speak to every week. Uh, and the highlight of his questions were what underwear were we wearing? He would list off all sorts of brands, all kinds, all styles, all fabrics. He just wanted to know every single thing about what we were wearing. Well, it got to this one stage where we had one of the newbies in the ramp up to Christmas period. Uh, one of the new people was there, took the phone call, had absolutely no idea what to do. And I'd taken this call, kind of call several times before from this gentleman. Uh, so I... I knew that, well, this goes up to head office, this this gentleman, every time we've had this guy, just because, obviously, we're aiming for market-defining service, we don't want to just hang, hang up the call and end the conversation right there, so we pass it on up the line as uh, as dutiful and orderly as uh, people who are under and not paid top whack, we, as we should do. So we pass it on up to head office, and God bless him, there was a guy there who... Uh, Sackett, I'll say his name, a guy called Bradley, who it was basically his role. Uh, whenever this gentleman called up, he had to sit there and take the call and had to have a conversation with this gentleman and describe the underwear that he was wearing. And I'm pretty sure by the end of, uh, well, by the end of the Christmas period, this guy knew just about every kind of pair of underwear that Bradley had. So, yeah, that's a... Uh, not necessarily an industrial accident story, but uh, certainly something I'm sure you'll find entertaining. Uh, keep up the good work, guys. Love the show, and uh, I will <laughs> see you around. Take care now, guys. Bye-bye. That's real, dude. I feel for this dude. Customer service, man. It's the worst. 
people are crazy out there and especially if your hotline's open more than 24 hours oh, or I guess at 24 hours it's you get the weirdos calling in late night yep <laughs> fucking sex I wonder what the store is starts with a W and ends with like a dados or rhymes with a dados I'm sure we can figure it out. I don't know. I'm sure. I'm pretty I'm sure, sure if like you just put those two things together, you would get a popular store in. I'm pretty sure Alistair and Ben and Dan are like screaming at their whatever they listen to us right now. It's like <laughs> it's it's blah, 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 blah. Fucking yank. Don't you know anything? <laughs> <laughs> I know Walmart and HEB. <laughs> That's all I know. Sometimes hey, Albertsons. Is it starts with a W? I'm like, do they have Walmart's over there? <laughs> So, going back to what we missed last week. I've been very fortunate. I haven't had to deal with anything like that. Oh, dude, I worked Sprint customer service, and sometimes we'd accidentally, like, because it was all CDMA van, if somebody called Boost Mobile, it would sometimes reroute to us. Jesus Christ. Fuck yes, Boost Mobile, dude. (laughs) The number one trusted cellular provider for drug dealers for some time. Dude, we'd get we'd get the fucking worst of America. Boost Mobile would get rerouted to us. And what's crazy is like we were what's called Premier Care, which meant we would only supposed to deal with uh, business customers. But somehow these Boost Mobile customers would get rerouted to us. And why is my phone off? And it's like, uh, well, you didn't like. I'm it a seems business. To be working fine right now. I'm a I'm a You're business. Not your parole, sir. <laughs> <laughs> It's like I'm a I'm a I'm a business provider. Like I, I only supply uh, supply customer service to businesses. Uh, but looking at your account, you haven't paid it since January, and it's June, um, so that's why it's not working. And um, so we get these customers that would call in, and the only number that would work for you was nine one one, and you could dial star nine and get Sprint. And they knew that we got surveyed and they knew that like, even if their phone was off, they could still get the call from the survey and take the survey for, for people. And they knew more than likely they were going to get surveyed. And like our whole job was dependent on how like good we were at these surveys. And so these people with boosts got like really fucking smart. Like for one, they were smart enough to, they, they knew that they could dial our number, which was the business premier care. So they would call like, us who like like our numbers were had to be better than like normal customer care and especially better than boost customer care like it was like we had like higher credit limits and stuff like that and we just were meant to take care of business accounts um but they knew that we would get surveyed and they also knew that like they could ask us to do anything they wanted and so there for a while there there was this group of people that would call in who knew a hundred percent that we would get surveyed and we pretty much had to do whatever they wanted and they knew their phones were cut off. So they would call us and they would say like, Hey, I'm going to give you a bad survey unless you connect me to this phone number. And for a while there, there was agents that were like afraid to get the survey. So they would like dial these people's like number that they were giving them and they would just like transfer to them and that call would stay because your phone saw it as like, you know, 
talking to <laughs> just customer care. <laughs> so like it was their way of getting around their phones being cut off. And it was like, holy fuck. Just use customer care as your operator. Yeah, pretty much. It was like old school, like, you know, operator, like, <laughs> this is elite, or this is a, this is a, a sprint. You know, how can I, who can I connect you to? And he's like, okay, right away, sir. And then you could comfort yourself into the call and like put your phone on mute and listen to their calls if you wanted. But, uh, you know, yep. People are shady. Gotta love customer service. Gotta love customer service. That was a fun job. Okay. So, I guess moving on to some more accident stories from Iron Hands Will. How about that? Hell yeah. Tear it. So, the moral of the story is always look where you're going. The story begins on a warm summer day. A woman was washing the family vehicles. In order to have enough room in the driveway to wash each vehicle, in turn, she had been parking them one at a time in the driveway while she parked the others across the road in an empty lot. Her husband was a private contractor, so between the personal and company vehicles, they had several. As she finished washing one of the vehicles, she started to back out of the driveway to park it in the lot, which she heard a horrifying crunch. It seems her husband had forgotten something and rushed home to pick it up. He had parked at not the end of the driveway to run to the house, not realizing his truck was there. She had backed out of the driveway and backed over his truck. Let me say that again. Backed over his truck. Not backed into, but backed over his truck. And while we're not talking a tiny little Ford Ranger or Chevy S10, this was a Ford F-250, and she backed over it with a deuce and a half, an M35, two and a half ton, six by six military cargo hauler. Holy shit. (laughs) That's not going to buff out. No. Good for her, though, for <laughs> washing her. That's the case of Monday. Right there. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Washing the fucking deuce and a half. God bless her. Okay. So, let's go ahead and see here Craig's second Zamboni story. So as you figured out by now, I play hockey at this time. I was 20, just finishing my college hockey days, and I felt like there were, I was king of the universe. A try-hard, Ryan, I'm sure you've known one or two that like that since you played, uh, a try-hard. I played in an adult men's league with my older brother. He's a being Him being a goalie, me going wherever they needed me. Well, it was just before the summer this happened, and I... I still had that mentality this league was serious and meant something. It really didn't. Uh, during the game, I am back-checking hard on an opponent's pl- on an opposing player on a breakaway. Don't know what that means. Uh, I was gaining fast to catch up to him. He had just crossed into the defensive zone while I was on his heels. I attempted a last-ditch driving, diving poke check on the puck before he was going one-on-one with my brother. I managed to get the puck take him down cleanly, and he falls. I slide into the goalpost along with him and through my brother. A loud crash rings through as we plow into the net and blow it off its moorings. The ref comes over, begins asking the usual questions, are you okay, explaining it wasn't a goal or a penalty the usual. I sit up, shake my head, and a bit rattled. I look up at the ref and give him a thumbs up and laugh, saying that was rough. He says, off the ice, now very sternly. I thought I had gotten tossed from the game. My brother then says, 
and remember it vividly, the fear in his voice. Craig, locker room, and get to the fucking hospital now. I wasn't sure what was about what was about going down, about to go down. I'm fine, I said. Even I said, I'm fine. I look at my white jersey and see that from the left shoulder down to the fine down to my the fine red script for the team name was a nice red bloodline. I get in the locker room, throw my helmet off in a slight panic and rush into the bathroom and see what happened in the mirror. Michael, you will understand this as you and your family are barbecuers. Hanging from just around behind my chin to about a half inch from my Adam's apple was a nice, finely filleted, dangling chunk of my skin. <laughs> Apparently, his skate blade had come up and the hollow and the hollow, the arced edge cut into the ice skates blades that allow for them to work, had run finely along my chin like a knife into meat. It was about an inch wide and a lot of blood. The manager and the time comes in. The manager and the time comes in. I don't know what that means. She worked in prison security and was retired, so she knew about shit, about medical attention. She looks it over and says, non-life-threatening. It was more superficial. I covered it in gauze pads and held it with hockey hockey stick tape and finished out the game. Post-game, I shower and head to the hospital to have it checked. 17 stitches later, I was good to go. I was so thankful I didn't end up like Clint Malarkrick Chick. Not sure how you spell his name, but shorten that up. You YouTube it. He was an NHL goalie that had his throat slit mid-game on national TV. It's everywhere. Yeah. Oh god. What happened was a guy hip check a guy hip checked an opposing player in front of him, and the guy flipped over, and his skate like came down in an axe kick motion and hit him right across the neck and sliced his jugular. And the only thing that saved him was there was a surgeon sitting in the front row just as a spectator to the game. And he seen what happened and he ran out on the ice and fucking plugged his jugular with his finger or whatever and saved his life. Oh, my God. Gee. Nice. So here's a funny story. Oh, for one, it's, it's Kent, Kent, it's Kent Malarchuk is, is his name, the goalie. You can find it. It's fucking, you see the skate come down and you don't even see nothing. And he just falls over on a, and he's on all fours. And he puts his hand up like his throat, and there is literally just looks like gallons of blood, just pouring, <laughs> like a fan of blood. It looks like something from a movie. It's pretty <laughs> fucked up. Fucking. He fuck lived though. Play of the game goes to that surgeon <laughs> for real. So uh, sent Scott some debt sick videos, and he's balls deep in him. I can see the. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, fucking. All these vigilante brothel raids in Russia and stuff. That's great. <laughs> Dude's a maniac. Dude, this past uh this past weekend, me and my dad took a uh Yeah. What a win. Knocked out Arlovsky at his prime, man. Yeah. So uh so this past weekend, me and my my father, we took a uh a, a long range carbine course. Uh and during this carbine course, they go over this uh, this briefing called Rex, which is like you know the range and like what you do in emergencies and shit like that. And uh, during this whole Rex briefing, they start talking to us about like, hey, if uh, like something does happen, like the C stands for casualty. Like, uh, just let you know we're a long way from any hospital out here, so this is the emergency vehicle that we're going to be leaving in. And, uh, if, uh, if we have to, you know, uh, we'll get you to where you need to go. Uh, we are dealing with firearms. So blah, blah, blah. They're just doing the whole safety briefing. 
and uh, they go in and start telling us that during one of their uh, during one of their carbine trainings, a guy while reholstering his pistol into his holster, he had had his his finger on the trigger. He had his uh, booger picker on his uh, trigger. Yeah, keep your fucking booger hook off the bang switch, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so. Uh, what happened was, he, while he was reholstering his weapon in his uh, in his holster, which was one of those like hidden hidden holsters, like you know, uh, carry holsters, it went off and blasted Down the front of his pants or something, probably through his ass cheek, through Fuck his it. right ass cheek, like and not not a scrape of the ass cheek, like through the meat of his ass cheek, he had shot himself with his nine millimeter, right? So he had. This hole just completely going through his ass. Well, what's crazy about this is the guy who shot himself in the ass cheek was a fucking ER surgeon. And so, immediately he assessed his ass cheek. It was like, no, that's just all meat down there. There's no no major arteries, nothing like that. Uh, I should be fine. Uh, we just need to get this stitched up. There's no re- no need to take me to the hospital uh, we'll just, you know, we'll just use everything in the surgeon bag. And luckily for him, there was an oral surgeon in the class as well who was able to, to stitch him up in the middle of this class. To restore his ass to the proper number of holes? Yeah, to, to restore his ass to the proper number of holes. And so this oral surgeon sitting there, and this ER surgeon apparently goes, hey, man, do you think you got this? And he's like, is this, is, are, you, are you okay doing this? He goes, yeah, I do this all the time. I'm just normally on the other end. And like, it just like he sews this dude's ass cheek up, gets him good to go. The the ER surgeon's wife brings him uh, a new pair of drawers and a uh, a new pair of pants, and he finishes out the class. And he finishes up the second day of the class the next day. Wow! With freshly uh, sewn up ass cheek. Nice. <laughs> so. So. So I got two ass cheek stories now that you've told that one. Please, please share. <laughs> so this ties into the hockey story. So, <laughs> so I may have told this on here before. Actually, I think I told it on one of the Break the Glass episodes where we went skating as a as a class, like as a school field trip. And me and my buddy Ed, we played ice hockey, and Ed's dad was an EMT, like you know, rode on the ambulance and went did all that shit, and. Our other buddy, Kyle, who was in our class, was just, you know, just normal student or whatever, had never really skated before. So we go, and of course, you know, when you rent skates, they give you fucking figure skates that have the fucking ice pick on the front, the toe pick, and then they have the fucking spike at the back. Well, me and Ed are rocking our hockey skates, you know, which are just got the blade on the bottom. Anyway, this guy, kid Kyle, falls like leg collapses back and your your butt falls down and lands on your own heels but the fucking spike from the figure skate goes right in his ass cheek so he fucking jams his spike like just right in his ass so he's got a hole right in his right butt cheek so we were laughing because ed's dad's an emt so he goes out there and kyle's like it doesn't even really hurt that bad but it was bleeding kind of bad and he's like well it's just in the meat of your ass he's like it's not really that deep. He's like, it probably, if you want, up, so you don't have to worry about it. He's like, I got fucking bag. He's like, I got some, like, a little bit. And he goes, it probably won't be that painful. So he's like, yeah, sure. So they go in the fucking, 
men's bathroom at Pan Am Plaza, <laughs> and there's a high school student bent over the toilet with an adult staring right up his ass. <laughs> so and, and me and Ed are watching the door because Ed's dad's like, you can't have anybody walking in with me fucking having this high school kid bent over the fucking toilet as this high school chaperone. I don't like, this is really funny. We were fucking giggling. We were all three friends. It was just really funny. I guess I just situation. like, I guess I just underestimate like how uh, sensitive your ass cheeks are because like to me, like I've, I don't know, man. Like I've, I've sat on sharp things before and was like, oh, wow, shit. Like you could feel them. But I cannot imagine getting shot in the ass or like getting spiked in the ass. Like, I, I got the the mother. I can even get the guy, maybe even get him on the podcast to do it. So my, but I guess he'd be my second cousin. He's my dad's cousin, Jeff. Okay. Yeah. He's like five years older than my dad. Jeff, you think like fifty five? Yeah, he's like fifty five years old now. Well, he li- He's from Kentucky, and um down where Scott lives and his family had a cabin down there, like an old rickety ass cabin that they'd go to and visit every once in a while. And him and my dad used to run around together because Jeff was just a little bit older than him. And then my dad had an older brother, Steve, who was a fucking hellion. He was like the evil kid and he always used to pick on everybody smaller than him. He's just kind of like a meathead. Yeah. And he was picking on Jeff and my dad and he told Jeff, he he like lunged at him. He goes, I'm going to throw you to these buzzards, boy, because there was a bunch of fucking turkey buzzards circling uh, above head and jeff was a little kid and it kind of scared him so he like slid away from him but he's on this like old shitty wooden porch so he he slid and didn't really think anything of it well then he said he felt something weird on his butt i was like something felt weird and he couldn't figure it out so he goes to the bathroom to see what's going on and he goes to pull his pants down his pants won't come down and so he goes and tells his mom, and they look a splinter. Oh no! About this long, about a foot long. You know how, like, the edge of a fucking board, well, oh. like, you'll get those long splitters that chip off. It went through his pants, went all the way through one ass cheek, out that ass cheek, into the other ass cheek, <laughs> and out the other side. Literally through both ass cheeks, like a pin, like you'd pin a pin on your shirt, and it fucking was through his pants where he couldn't get his pants off. Huh. Oh. oh my god! So he had like a foot long splitter through both ass cheeks. That's a fucking piercing. <laughs> oh. Since we're on a super long like impalement tangent, oh, I fucking fuck. these granite countertops in Fort Bragg, like in the apartment we lived in, and she dropped a glass out of the cabinet, and I went to pick it up, and a glass shard went through three of my fingers and stapled them all together. And I pulled him out with a pair of pliers. <laughs> I, well, I can't walk around like this. Like, how the fuck am I going to drive myself to the hospital like this? <laughs> Bad move. You don't <laughs> should not do that. Oh, my God. Yeah. It sucks. It sucks having to drive yourself to the fucking hospital emergency. The guy who built this house, Steve, he fucking has a circular saw. And you know how the circular saw, when you, you have that little guard? That yep. like comes yep. around, it's like spring loaded. Yep. He had fucking been cutting something, and something had wedged it, and the guard would stay open, and he didn't know. And he was uh, cutting a board. It was actually right above my head in my kitchen. There, uh, before they put the flooring down, you could actually still see where the the saw had cut into the floor. Because what had happened, he was had a sawhorse in there, and he cut this board, and he just quickly set the saw down. Well, this because the guard didn't spring back, 
he set the saw down and the blade's still going. So it just like takes off across the floor. <laughs> so it went, it basically went up about six inches, made a 90 degree turn and just ran right over his foot. Oh, and cut three fuck. of his toes. <laughs> it cut three. He's just wearing sneakers. So it cuts three of his toes off in my kitchen. <laughs> so he's fucking looking down at his sneaker and you know, it's like cloth on the top. So blood's like, coming out of the fucking thing and he said he's a he's like doesn't like blood or anything so he like didn't want to like take his shoe off he didn't know how bad it was so he had to get in his truck and drive himself to the hospital with his fucking foot just pouring blood all in his fucking floorboard and shit and he gets to the hospital or whatever and they take his shoe off and his they said they get his shoe and they pull a sock off and his toes just fall down they're just like hanging connected by was the very bottom like tendon on your toe but it got all the way through the bone and everything on three toes on his foot oh my goodness while we're on the subject uh, <laughs> <laughs> so so this past uh probably about two weekends ago we were at my uh my uncle's birthday party and so all of my dad's family's there and my dad gets in these stories about when he was a child you know and they're telling us, like, yeah, when we were kids, we used to all go to this house, uh, which, you know, my uncle's house, which used to be my dad's grandfather's house. He goes, we used to come here on Sundays after church, and we'd all barbecue and, and hang out. And all and all of his cousins are at this house, and they're all talking to him, and they're, like, asking him, you know, hey, do you remember this about this? And, da, 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 da. and then one of them goes, do you remember the swing set that grandpa had? And he goes, oh, man. He goes, you want to hear a story about this swing set? And I was like, yeah. And he goes, so they had, the, they used to have this swing set, which is basically just an, like an A-frame with two swings on it. And yep. they used to swing on it, and they used to see how much they could move it. Like, that was the thing. Like, you'd see, like, you, you'd swing as hard as you could because, you know, my dad's family wasn't exactly rich. They didn't pay to have these, uh, uh, these swings concreted in. So the whole A-frame would move with the swinging. So as they'd, like, get higher and higher because they'd swing together, it would move this giant A-frame. Well, apparently, during one of these swing sessions, the A-frame moved, came up, and slammed back down and cut off my dad's cousin's pinky toe because <laughs> like, she's like a six-year-old girl at the time. <laughs> and it just slammed down and cut her toe off. And he's all, man, he goes, you know, it was so crazy because you would think that we just run to some adults and try and let them know that, like, hey, her toe just got to cut off. But we were so concerned about finding the toe before before we could go to the parents. Like, it was like some rugrat shit where, like, she's screaming. They're like, no, 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 no. Just hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Like, we got we to gotta find your toe real quick. Like, just like, don't go tell them just yet. And, like, all the... All the kids are like looking for this toe and they don't know it's under the A-frames like hole. They don't realize like how it got cut off. And like finally one of them puts it together, lifts it up and her toe is just under there from this like pipe that had just come down to like cut her toe off. And I was like, Jesus, dad, like, <laughs> like your childhood was back on real. Her, she just, they put it back on. They, they make fun. They made fun of her. Cause like it's crooked. Like it's she has a crooked toe now. And they're, Oh yeah. Sally with her crooked ass toe. <laughs> it's all fucked up. <laughs> Not going to be a foot model, Sally. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking hilarious, dude. This has been like my favorite tangent. Oh, Scott's got to go. All right, Scott. All right, guys. Y'all have a nice night. Thank Later, you, Scott. Scott. I missed so, you. <laughs> so we'll go ahead and throw in one more story, and then we'll go ahead and move on to list. Uh, and this one actually says simple and quick story at the beginning. So it says simple and quick story. Ever seen something eat a hockey puck? I have. And during a game, a guy takes a slap shot 
to to clear the puck on a penalty to kill. While player on the other team turned to see what was going on, he had a half shield on and missed the shield. Went to his mouth, just left of center. Game delayed for thirty minutes. I found four of his teeth. Another guy found three. He tipped me for the cup of milk to put his teeth in and helping find them. The other two lost in our snow pit when I cut the ice after I can only presume never to be seen again. A lot of blood too. By, but by that point, I had become numb to it. <laughs> Dude, oh. I cannot imagine having all my teeth fucking knocked out by a puck. Keep puck in your hand? Huh? Do what? Like, have you ever held a hockey puck in your hand? No, no. Have you ever held a hockey puck? No. You need to... Next time you're up here, I'll just, like, hand you one, because I got some. How heavy they are and how fucking hard they are. It's, like, the last thing you want to get hit with. <laughs> what a savage fucking game hockey is. Like, how has... How has... Uh, how have y'all managed to... Like, we can't even have fucking dodgeball down here, and y'all, y'all have kids hockey over there. It doesn't make any sense. We well, when you ones. when you play below a certain age, you're forced to wear a face uh, a face mask. Um, when you get above a certain age, you can wear like he said, you could wear like a half half shield that only comes down to your nose, um, or just not wear anything at all. But I know like juniors and below, they make them wear a, a full. I don't know why cage. you would never go full full cage. Never have like something covering your neck. Like I don't I don't know how you like I'd wear. Like a shark suit every fucking game. You didn't have to wear they when they first passed the helmet law where you actually had to wear a helmet in the NHL like it was required. Anybody who had started playing before they passed the rule was grandfathered in and didn't have to wear. Um, have to if they didn't want to. So this guy named Craig McTavish that played into like the late fucking nineties, I think, that never wore a helmet. <laughs> what a fucking boss. I remember when I started watching hockey, there was one dude in the NHL that still didn't fucking wear a helmet. Craig McTavish. He played for the fucking uh, Philadelphia Flyers, I think. <laughs> what a fucking G-man. All right. Let's move on to lists. Let's get some lists knocked out. I think we've done enough horrific stories, but God bless them. Keep them coming in, guys. If you have some stories you want to send in, you can call 209-RFI-30K0 or... You can email us, michaelwarmer30k.com, Ryan at warmer30k.com, Derek at warmer30k.com, or Scott at warmer30k.com. Any MP4s, you can record yourself. I think like six of the ones you heard uh, were all just recorded and emailed into us if you're an international listener, and that way you don't have to worry about uh, uh, long distance or anything like that. Send them in, guys. Uh, obviously, they can be Warhammer-related, or they can be anything else. We'll play them. We always get good content off of it, and it's always good to listen to. So... Appreciate all you guys calling in. Uh, let's go ahead and move on to some list. So Ryan's got some uh, some special list for us, and I think, and we, we were talking about it, and we we've, we've been going over this particular list and trying to make this combination happen. And for all you listeners out there, I just want you to take a minute and just process this because in my head, this is almost like an Easter egg that like Forge World hid. And they were like, if you can figure out how to make this happen, and people have tried, and even Ryan has tried. Like, this has happened, like, many times where we've sat down and gone, how the fuck do you make this happen? Uh, Because this is the only way to make this unit, like, even viable. And Ryan has finally figured out the Easter egg that 
I feel like Alan Bly left before he passed. He's like, this is the only way to make this happen and the only way to make this possible. And that is the infiltrating. No, no, no. It doesn't have to be infiltrate. It's just getting Iron Circle. It's just getting Iron Circle on the other side of the board. The the fast-moving Iron Circle. So let's... uh, Let's dig into this, Ryan. Let's. Uh, what did you do? What did you do to get them, get them hauling ass up the board? Okay. Well, let's just talk about the list. So there, I actually wrote him two lists. I wrote one that's just your standard coils of the Hydra list, where you steal them, and then in once you steal them, you just attach whatever Alpha Legion character you want to them, and then um, you just choose infiltrate as your mutable tactic, and then they infiltrate. So that's pretty fucking straightforward. But a little bit so that'll get you there though, but yeah, there's a little controversy because if you read coils, it says that it changes the unit's Legion Astartes rule to Legion Astartes Alpha Legion, like whatever their current form is. But it doesn't mention anything about if they have a rule in their like like further down, like within their rules that says you know that makes reference to Legion Astartes blank whether that also changes to Alpha Legion. So the problem is Iron Circle have a special rule that allows them to attach to an independent character where normally they couldn't because they're monstrous creatures. And it says that they can be attached to any Iron Warrior, Legion Astartes Iron Warrior independent character. So the thing with that is even if you steal them as Coils of the Hydra, it specifically states they can only attach to Legion Astartes Iron Warriors, which doesn't really do you any good. Unless through stealing them, it also changes all instances of Legion of Stardis throughout their entire block of rules, which is kind of a gray area. So, so yeah. But anyway, if we get around that, what are you doing in that list? Yeah. So you want both lists? Uh, yeah. Yeah, let's go for both. Okay, so the, the Coils of the Hydra list I just took, um, for the HQ, I took Armillus Dynat. Um, and then he obviously took Coils of the Hydra. Then I took a Forge Lord with uh, Thunderhammer, Meltabombs, Rad Grenades, Fractor Field, Cortex Controller, and Power Dagger. Um, then for the first troop choice, I took 15 Assault Marines, Sir Armor, Power Fist, Power Dagger. Um, three of the normal Assault Marines have power weapons. You can make those whatever you want. And then the entire unit has Meltabombs. First choice, I took 10 Tactical Marines. Armor, Power Fist, Power Dagger. Um, they're in a Rhino with Pinnel Mount and Multimelta. So I took another unit identical, so another 10 Tactical Marines. Sergeant has Artificer, Armor, Power Fist, Power Dagger. Uh, the Rhino has Pinnel Mount and Multimelta. Um, for the first Elite slot, I took 10, or sorry, 9 uh, veterans. So let's see. The Sergeant has Artificer, Armor, and Combi Weapon. Uh, he also has a power fist and a power dagger. Then the eight normal guys all have combi weapons. Um, and then uh, the unit has machine killers. Uh, then for the second elite choice, I took the three iron circle, which are going to be attached to the forge lord um, so he can control them. Then I took a, for the third elite slot, took an apothecary with a jump pack, and it will go with the 15 assault marines. Uh, then 
uh, for the fourth and final elite slot, I took six. The sergeant has a combi weapon uh, and chain fist and power dagger, and then the five other guys have, and three of those five guys have power fist, and the other two have chain fist. Then for fast attack, I took a anvilus pattern dread claw. So, what happens is Dynat goes with the veterans, and they all go in a dread claw. That gives his deep strike special rule to the Terminators, so they'll deep strike in turn two. Because you only have one drop pod, the Anvilus comes in. And then the two tactical squads, the Assault Marines, all infiltrate because you're taking uh, infiltrate as your uh, mutable tactic, which you have to. The army has to be infiltrating uh, in a coils. Infiltrating or in a transport, which the Assault Marines and the Iron Circle uh, can't be put in a transport, so you have to basically make them always infiltrate. So that's brutal. How would you play that list? Like, what are you doing? Like, if you're if you're playing that list? Oh, so the veterans also have a Nuncio Vox. I forgot to read that off. So what you do, basically Dynat and the veterans come down, they get out, they frag something with the Melta-guns. Um, the Tacticals and the Assault Marines have all infiltrated, so they're going to basically drive up, or the Assault Marines are going to jump up and be right on top of you. And then the Iron Circle are going to be pretty close because they're going to start anywhere between 12 to 18 inches away and then move up six, so they're only going to be 12 out. So they're going to be ready to move six and then assault turn two probably. And then also on turn two, hopefully your Terminators come in, no scatter deep strike off the Vox from the veteran squad You know that Dynat's sitting in. Simple enough. Simple way to play uh, to play vets and just getting that enhancement from powerful Dynat, especially because you're going to be on them pretty quick. So you're basically just trapping them in your deployment zone is what you're considering. Yeah. 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 Because you also got to remember with Dynat, he gives all those special rules yeah. to your yeah. Legion of Stardis units while you're in their deployment zone. So your, your machine killer vets and your terminators with all the combi weapons and the iron circle and all that will hopefully all get there fast and be able to take advantage of that. For sure. It's a cool fucking list. It's pretty neat. There's really no heavy armor in it. You got two you got two rhinos and a dreadclaw, and then all your anti-tank in the list is basically assault or special weapons on guys coming out of drop pods or melt bombs on all the assault marines or whatever. Yeah. But really you think about it and like if you were to uh pair that off against anybody, your people bring a unit that's dedicated, a unit or two units that's dedicated to killing armor. So you're pretty much nullifying that part of their their army by just having something that's kind of like pretty much mid range tackling the entire time. Because yeah. you have no problem taking care of armor. It's just you're not bringing any yourself. That's not really necessary. So right. And there's there's nothing in that list that even would be exceptionally hurt by you know like some melt-a-killer vets or anything like that. There's nothing really... I mean, well, you wouldn't want to get 10 melt-a-guns shot into your iron circle. No, for sure not, but... But, I mean, it's... With all their invulnerable saves, they only have to deal with that, you know, one time. They're not gonna... It's not gonna... They're not gonna be the worst unit to shoot up against that. I would rather have Iron Circle take those shots than a, you know, Spartan or Fellblade. They, they could soak it up, I think. Because it's not, yeah, it's not insta killing them out. 
definitely don't want it to happen, but yeah. So then I wrote this list as a shattered legion. I told Jack, I was like, well, you can take this. This would work maybe, but there's gray area, whatever. I told him you could get really sneaky with shattered legions with alpha legion and iron warriors infiltrate iron circle. So I wrote in the list and then an explanation on how to play the list. So in this list, you take uh, uh, Autolon score, um, and then you choose Right of War, Chosen Duty, which Chosen Duty is the Delegata-specific Right of War where you can take veterans as troops. Um, score also gets to pick his Warlord trait um, out of the what Strategic Warlord traits out of book the 7th edition rulebook or whatever. Yep. So Things he's like going to take Matt take master of ambush which is the one that allows you to infiltrate three non-vehicle units so keep that in mind so he's your first hq um so that's your that's going to take care of your alpha legion hq so in order to run iron warriors you're going to have to take at least one iron warrior hq no problem no so way. for the iron warrior hq i took narik dragir which is their special named character pravian i in book six um, I believe it's book six where score is sent with Dragir to attack the salamanders on Mendoza. And that's when uh, robo Jesus uh, Cassian Dracos like enthralls all the Mechanicum guys. And then it ends up like stealing their Dragir and turning him loyalist and all that shit. But anyway, this list can represent that force between score and Dragir that were sent off to fight these salamanders for a score to like win honor back. So this actually is very fluffy to run a shattered legions with these two guys that are sent on this mission to go to that forge Lord, to get this job done. So this fits the fluff perfectly, by the way. So anyway, Derek Dragir is your second HQ and he, because he's a Pravian, you have to take a unit that he's permanently attached to. So you're, you're going to take five battle automata with, then they're going to take tank hunters as their special uh, rule. And then they're going to upgrade their rotocannons to biocorrosive ammo. Then for your third and final HQ choice, you're going to take a Vigilator. That's an Iron Warrior Vigilator. And that Vigilator is going to have Artificer Armor, Power Weapon, Melt Bombs, and Refractor Field. And you got to remember, this guy automatically comes with a cameo line cloak um, and a bolter with the special ammo in it. Uh, that the Seekers normally get. So then for troops, which, remember, your troops can be veterans because you've taken uh, Chosen Duty, is going to be uh, 10 veteran Space Marines. Uh, the Sergeant has Artificer Armor, Power Fist, Power Dagger. Um, two of the 10 guys have combi weapons. I would make them melt the guns, but you can make them whatever. Rhino with a pinnel mounted multi-melta. Um, they're obviously going to be... Um, Alpha Legion, because they have a power dagger on the sergeant. So then for your second troops choice, you have an exact same unit. So another 10 sniper vets. Um, two of them have combi meltas. The sergeant has artificer armor, power fist, power dagger, multi-melta. For your uh, one of your elite slots, you're going to, or I think they're elites in but either way, you have the slots. I think they're elite in a normal Iron Warrior army. So because you're Shattered Legions, you can just take these guys. So uh, you're going to take three of your Iron Circle, and they're going to attach to the Vigilator because they can be attached to any 
uh, Legion of Stardis Iron Warriors, which that's what that Vigilator is. Um, then you're going to take um, a seven-man Seeker unit. The Strike Leader is going to have Artificer Armor and Power Weapon, and then the six normal Seekers will have Combi Weapons. And they're going to take a dedicated Land Raider Proteus, and Ceramite and Exploratory Web. Um, then you're for fast. You're going to take a single uh, javelin attack speeder that has a multi multa and two hundred killer missiles, and then this the standard twin link cyclone. Five hundred point list. So here's how this list works. So the seekers, be, because they're so the so score goes with the seekers. The iron circle attached to the vigilator. And then Dr uh, Drager automatically is attached to the Vorax. You can't change that. So, uh, so you're going to you have your mutable tactics on top of this. So for your mutable tactic, you're just going to choose infiltrate. That's what you'll do. Okay. Or no, you don't even have. To, sorry, you don't have to choose. You can choose whatever mutable tactic you want because remember, score gives three. Infiltrate as long as they're not vehicles. So it frees up your mutable tactics to be whatever you want. So what you're going to do, you're going to give Narek Drager um, the Seekers and the Iron Circle all infiltrate. So the so the the Vorax and Narek, the Seekers who are in the Land Raider, because the Seekers are gaining infiltrate, it conveys to their dedicated transport was the Land Raider. Yes. So that's going to infiltrate, and then Score is in the Land Raider with them, so all that's going to infiltrate, and then the Iron Circle and the Vigilator will also gain infiltrate, so they'll infiltrate. Then you got to remember, the Vigilator automatically has Scout. He just comes with it, so that means that after they infiltrate, the Vigilator and the Iron Circle will then get to Scout. Vorax automatically come with Scout, so they're also going to be able to infiltrate and Scout. And then because you've upgraded the Proteus to the Exploratory Augury Web, it also scouts. So you're going to be able to infiltrate and then scout the Iron Circle with the uh, Vigilator attached, Narek Drager and the four or the five Vorax, and then a big Seeker unit in a Land Raider with score attached. That's all going to start roughly six inches away from your opponent. Jesus Christ. If you want it to. Holy shit. Or 12, 12 to 6 inches away. Could you imagine uh, turn 1 like with a iron circle in your grill that quickly? Knock, knock. Oh, and then units in the army are the two units of marksman vets and the javelin, which all have outflank. So you can all put that in reserve as well and outflank it. So if, if when you choose to deploy, you go, I'm done deploying because infiltrators set up after they've already set up all their shit and then your other shit just outflanks in later on. <laughs> Guess who's home? That's pretty fucking brutal, dude. And then the funny thing is because the Vigilator has cameo line, it means that he has stealth, which stealth confers to the unit. So all those fucking Iron Circle guys have stealth as well. So if you can fucking infiltrate and scout them up in some ruins that they're covering 25%, They'll start with like a three up cover save on turn one, which is kind of funny. <laughs> Just thinking about how chameleon line works and like it affecting like iron circle. It's like, hey, hey Ross. Yeah, what's going on, man? Are those giant robots with giant shields walking towards us with giant hammers? 
I can't really tell, man. I don't. I think it is. I don't. Mm, can't really make it out. <laughs> must be the wind. Must be yeah. <laughs> must be the dust affecting us. We'll be all right. Well, and then you get a then you get to choose your mutable tactic, which can be counterattack, fucking tank hunter. You know what? What any of the other ones that you want? Because you're getting all your scout and infiltrate through other rules, so it opens up your your mutable tactic to be anything you need it to be. Good lord. You're almost almost made the uh the home run derby iron circle, but not not quite. Your your seeker score and your two veteran score, so you only have three scoring units because the army's pretty small and elite. Extremely elite. But it's a it's a funny army. It's like the most fucking curveball of our armies. And like I said, I think it's extremely fluffy because it's very fucking alpha legion, like all that sneaky shit you're doing and all the infiltrating and scout and getting to choose your mutable tactic and all that and then the fact that in book six these two characters are palling around together in a shattered legion force yeah for for a few pages until shit kind (laughs) of falls apart on them and cassie and drago's kind of breaks that shit up it's like hey let me let me let me talk to y'all for a minute and nobody it doesn't even cover what cassie and drago says he just walks up and (laughs) it's like i don't want to be traitor anymore (laughs) <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> so, cool list, Ryan. Very cool. I can expect that we'll be seeing that pretty soon from somebody. And I already, right now, I can already see as it's happening, people sending us radio free our radio freest man Facebook page messages asking for that list. So, just have that queued up because it's coming. Well, it's Jack's list. Like Jack wrote it. Like, why don't we just let Jack run it? Like. <laughs> Sorry, ask Jack. <laughs> if you want it, you're going to have to ask Jack for the list, boys. Very cool. So I guess on to the next list. Uh, Douglas, powerful Douglas list. What? What is? How is he going to use these Avengers and Punisher turret that was sent to him as part of Secret Santa? What have you done so for him? So he says, he says, Ryan, Michael got uh, me for deep striking Santa. What he doesn't know is that I've wanted Avengers since I was a poor child playing 40K who didn't know what resin was. <laughs> Can you surprise Michael with a 2,500-point Iron Hands list that includes Casterman Orth and a Sakaran Punisher with two Avengers? My plan is to paint them and field them for a game in December, and then, if you want, give a battle report on how it does since Michael wants to see that. <laughs> Very respectfully, Douglas Taylor. I do want to see it. I think I think the Avengers will be... Dude, do very well. I can't say how good Casterman Orth will do because I think you can put him in better things, but I think it would just be fun for him to be in a Punisher. Who wouldn't want to be in a Punisher? Yeah, exactly. So what'd you do? So so this is the list I wrote. It is a head of the Gorgon list. So actually, hang on. Let me uh, head. This is a compelling radio. Head of Gorgon. the Gorgon. It's a Gurgan. Head of the Jurgen. <laughs> the Jurgen Hergen. 25. Okay. So I needed to rename that so that people could find it. So anyway, so for the HQ, so I took Casterman North for an HQ, but he doesn't have uh, Master of the Legion, so I had to take somebody that did. So for the second HQ, <laughs> I took a Praetor 
with Rite of Warhead of the Gorgon. And then this Praetor has Power Fist, Paragon Blade, Volkite Charger, Digital Lasers, Iron Halo, and Cyber Familiar. So super fucking decked out, brutal Iron Hands uh, Praetor. Uh, for troops, I got 10 Tactical Marines. Uh, the Sergeant has Artificer Armor and Power Fist, and they are in a Rhino with Pendle Mountain multi Multimulta. For the second troop's choice, I have another 10 Tactile Marine. Sergeant has Artificer Armor, Power Fist, with Pendle Mountain multi Multimulta. For a third troop's choice, I have uh, nine Tactical Support Marines, all of which have Volkite Chargers, Chain Sword, so they're going to have Bolt Pistol, Chain Sword, and Volkite Chargers. The Sergeant has Artificer Armor and Power Fist, and they are in a dedicated Land Raider Phobos with Dozer Blade and Armored Ceramite. If you're asking how they got a Land Raiders, because Head of the Gorgon allows you to take Land Raiders as dedicated transports. So that's how they got a Phobos. So the Praetor is going to go in this tactical support unit in the Phobos with them. Um, for the first Elite slot, I took five Gorgon Terminators. Uh, two of them have Chain Fist, the Hammer Bearer, Surprise has a Thunder Hammer because that's what he comes with and, and everything else. Uh, the Hammer Bear also has a Cyber Familiar, a dedicated Land Raider Phobos with Dozer Blade, Armored Ceramite, and Sagittarius Upgrade Track Kit. Um, and then for heavy support, I have a uh, the Sakaran Punisher uh, with uh, Dozer Blade. Sponson mounted heavy bolters and pinnel mounted heavy bolter. Or orth will go. So it's got all the head. So it's got two Sponson heavy bolters, a pental heavy bolter, and then the Punisher cannon. <laughs> He's pissing bullets at Bliss yes. Skill 5. Yep. And Tank Hunter. So beware if you have land speeders or rhinos that it's 100,000%. <laughs> Um, so then, um, for the second heavy support slot, I took a Vindicator, just a standard with the, the man's gun, not the shitty laser destroyer version that sucks, then dies, not necessarily in that order every game. The Demolisher Cannon. Um, <laughs> yeah, so the Demolisher Cannon. So it's a Vindicator with a Dozer Blade it's for the, for the second HQ. And then for the third HQ, it's another Vindicator with Dozer Blade. And then for the Lord of War, I took a suborbital wing. Uh, with two Avenger Strike Fighters, with uh, both of them have two Wing Mountain Kraken Pitrator missiles and Battle Servitor Control. So, and you got to remember both the so all the so literally every unit in this army except for the Avengers can outflank because everything is in a tank mm. and it's head of the Gorg. So you're gonna have so like I told him, what you'll probably start on the table are Sure. If you're going first, probably Pask. I would almost always start the tactical marines off the board, um, just to, you know, bring them on to get them in the spot that they need to go because they're just like objective grabber units. And then I would always outflank the vindicators as well because outflanking vindicators like really fuck with your opponent while they're in reserve because they constantly have to think, oh my god, this thing's gonna come on and shoot me in the fucking side or the rear with the strength ten gun which way do i face my fucking flare shield you know where do i fucking deploy these quad mortars like shit out it like you know is it even going to matter is one going to come in on one side is one going to come in on the other uh so it's pretty funny i like how you said pask a second ago did you mean orth 
Oh, sorry. Not past, yeah, worth, yeah. I mean, I get it. I get it. I same, get same fucking... It's literally the same fucking guy in a different game. It's like he does the exact same shit. <laughs> so so you're, you're talking about just not, not outflanking with Orth? You're talking about just, like, leaving it on the table? If you go first, if you don't go... Like, I'm saying it's an option. You don't have to. But you gotta remember you don't want to get tabled, so... But, I mean, the two... The two land raiders, it's pretty fucking hard to kill two land raiders full of guys. You got that scary Praetor in one, and then you got the the five Terminators with Feel No Pain in the other, and the the one guy's going to have a four-up invol, five-up Feel No Pain, the Hammer Bearer guy. So you should be fine just starting the two raiders on the board. Mm-mm-mm. But you can, and you can always start like one of the tactical squads. Just basically start the shit on the board that you can get away with and try to outflank everything else. Damn, I was thinking about outflanking with with uh, Orth, with tank hunters getting rear and side armor, but usually stuff is fourteen or like you're gonna fight a Spartan and a Land Raider and shit, and you can't really hurt it too much. So, yeah, I mean it, it, it wouldn't be bad because all that shit's fairly short range, so yeah. you could. It's thirty six inches on all that stuff. I think. I think even the Punisher. Yep. Hang gun things. Yeah. So, but I mean, it, it'd be. Mechanicum wouldn't want to see it. Like, oh, cool Thalax. I mean, just fucking, <laughs> that's a whole. Like, how many do you want to put on the board? Okay, yeah, remove those fuck faces. Like, all I imagine is like Orth's face sitting there laughing and like <laughs> just the muzzle flash is the only thing lighting from underneath him. Just like, <laughs> just you murdering. see the. Kind of a t- like it's all pitch black, and every time the guns flash, you see it out that black outline of the tank and white teeth where he's laughing, like just, <laughs> just in the outline of it sticking out of the turret, <laughs> just just like fucking gears and shit and oil just like flying all over his face, <laughs> and all the thralls are just like like fighting fucking Tim's bullshit fucking thrall army, all fearless, just mindlessly getting mowed down, not giving a shit. Like, god damn it. Good lord. What a fucking idea. But essentially, everything in this army can uh, can start in reserve. I mean, it can't, because you would lose, and you can only start so many, but you know what I mean? Like, you have the option. Everything in the army has the option to begin the game off the board if it wants. So you can basically start or put in reserve any combination units. Dig it. It's fucking badass. Very cool army. Can't wait to see it. Can't wait for Douglas to to get on that. Especially interested to see how he paints up those Avengers because I think he's going to split them between his Iron Hands and his Dark Mechanicum. So. But, anyway, that's it for this week. That's all that, That's all for this episode. Anything else you fellas want to drop in before we call this one a, a close? Don't forget to tip your waitress. Don't forget to tip your waitress. What about you, Ryan? Anything you want to shout out? Any, uh, um. Yes, I do. Emily is actually making you something. What is? Do you it? want to tell him what you're making him? You're making. Oh, you've not told him yet. The hat? Yeah, tell me. Oh, I'm making you a hat, Michael. Is it a Radio Free Van beanie with the logo on it? Oh my goodness! Nice. I don't have headphones on. Hang on. <laughs> I have no idea what you're saying. Oh, uh, I was asking. I was asking if it was the Radio Free Van beanie, the one of a kind yes. special edition Radio Free Van beanie. Only one in existence. Yes. Hopefully, it turns out. So, if you never get anything in the mail, then you know it turned out like crap. That's fair she enough. even bought you special thread. 
yeah, I I bought I bought yarn from David at No Man Nomad Yarns. So perpetual painting, Dave. perpetual, perpetual painting, Dave. Dave. <laughs> Heck Not yeah, Nomad yarn, Dave. <laughs> I'm super excited for okay, that. We'll see how it turns out. I'll even wear it in the heat of the summer. <laughs> the Texas. Well, that's heat. what I was laughing because I w- went to Dave and was like, "Okay, I need yarn for this hat. Like, show me what I should buy. What's good?" And he's like, "Well, this is this kind of wool, and it'll keep you really warm." And I'm like, "Well, it's for Michael. I'm pretty sure he doesn't have to worry you didn't about do that in a British staying accent. warm." That's not how he sounds. Well, I can't do a British accent. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, I was like, Michael doesn't care about being warm. He's in Texas, so we're good. I, I sure don't. It's all about style down here. Wearing a beanie. But thank yep. you so much. Yep. <laughs> like I, I cannot no wait. I'm not sure how long it will take because I'm pretty slow and I have like a million other projects going on, but <laughs> I will get it done eventually. It's the thought that counts. It's definitely the thought. <laughs> okay, I'll pass the mic back to Ryan. Well, well, that's super exciting. You, I don't know if you got to see in the Patreon chat, Derek, but uh, the Radio First Man logo as, uh, as knitted by Emily is pretty fucking fancy. It looks pretty damn cool. Nice. Seeing our seeing our logo in yarn is pretty badass. Like I think the only thing that would be cooler than seeing our logo in yarn would be it like graffitied onto some wall, some establishment. But uh, you know, we don't have any cool listeners that would do that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think we can actually ask for that. Yeah, we definitely didn't. don't do it all down the side of the fucking Rhino at Warhammer World. That would be really bad. Like I wouldn't. We definitely do not encourage that. Yeah, we we are absolutely not asking you to do that. Like, don't paint. Don't don't paint. Answer the fucking fact underneath of it on the side of the Rhino at Warhammer World. Definitely don't do that. Yeah, de- or or RFI made me bust. <laughs> definitely don't paint that on anything on Warhammer World. Speaking of Warhammer World, though, yeah. uh, totally forgot about this. So, Horus Heresy Open Day, or is it the Weekender? I think it's Horus Heresy Open Day, right? The one that's coming up. I don't know. Anyway, it's all the same shit. They just name it different fucking shit and charge a bunch of money for tickets. You damn right. You damn right. But this this time around, we actually have uh, two powerful, powerful uh, plants that will be at this. Uh, at this event, so look forward to that, man. Oh, I cannot wait. I can't. I'm so glad we've made it to the point where, like, now we have like reporters on scene that are just gonna. Be sure us. it's the weekender because it may change it from the Horus Heresy weekender to the Horus Heresy and Necromunda weekender. It could be both. I'm fine with both. I'm not hating on it. I'm not hating on it. Ryan's got skeptical hippo eyes. <laughs> the Specialist Games weekender. Specialist Games weekender. Yeah. So, anyway, we'll go ahead and close out this episode, guys. Uh, if you want to contact us, Michael at Warhammer30k.com, Ryan at Warhammer30k.com, Derek at Warhammer30k.com, and Scott at Warhammer30k.com are our email addresses. If you want to call us and leave us a voicemail, that's going to be 209-RFI-30K-0. Send us a voicemail, and we will play it on air. Uh, as well, guys, find us on Facebook. Uh, we are on Facebook. Just type in Radio Free Estevan. You'll find us. We post all of pretty much throughout the week. We're always posting on Facebook and keep getting updates through. Uh, anything we talk about this episode, if we find anything relevant to what we spoke about, it'll show up on that. Uh, as well, we do have a Patreon. So uh, if you want to support the show, we do offer our Patreon subscribers a uh, special chat and special perks. Uh, like the dice, like our, our Patreon guys get special dice 
Um, and we uh, speaking of that, we need to get this set up this week at some point. Oh, we so can that set I can up right after the show. Well, no, because we. Yeah, I have to go to. I have to work day shift now, so I can't do everything <laughs> tonight. Oh, okay, but I yes. So one night this week, because I get off, I'll, I'll be home at four thirty your time. Going forward for now, until they change their mind, um, we so we can get this set up. Can do. So, anyway, uh, Patreon. We have a special chat that you can get into, and we have a special closed group. And uh, if you, like I said, if you like the show, yeah, support us. We'll be good to go. But uh, we'll go ahead and close out and kick you off to the music. Y'all have a good night or day. Bye. Bye. he was born the only things he got from growing up were the will to fight and hatred there was never anyone to love him no one that's why I wanted to save him I thought I could but I was wrong he looked at me like like he'd never known me there was no recognition at all